0: Hi, I'm Benjamin Light. I'm Marco Sparks. And welcome to Bros Watch PLL 2. This week we're going to be talking about S7E2 Bedlam. Bedlam. Written by Joseph Doherty, directed by Tania McKiernan. Uh,
1: I did a quick look at her IMDb. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been directing cable shows and procedurals like since the nineties. Nice, including uh, you know some some good stuff, some some what you expect stuff like some ER, some like Sarah Connor Chronicles, Monk. But like, let's talk about the beginning of her career: Renegade, Silk Stockings. In an episode
0: of Hunter. Hunter, what is that?
1: The Fred like Dwyer.
0: Yeah, I don't know like, that.
1: Like, like wannabe, uh, uh, uh
0: Dirty Harry TV show. Hmm. It's just, it was just like a fucking blast from the past for me. All right. Uh, a little bit of follow up. I asked for some uh, advice on Android apps last episode. Most of our listeners seem to like either Podcast Attic or Podcast Republic. Those are both two terrible names for podcast apps, but apparently they're good apps. Also, Downcast and uh, I think last FM were in there as well. So if you have an Android phone, go to those apps to get us. In case you can't find us here in your other sources. Some apps just aren't very good at, like, updating feeds. Hmm. Anyway, shall we jump into this episode here? Yeah, I mean, we've been talking for apps again. How long did
1: we talk about apps last time? Like 30 seconds. Not long enough, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so we open up. It's uh, not long after the ending of the previous episode. It's night. We see the road ahead of us as we're zooming down it in a car. We're inside Dr- Mary Drake's car. Driving very fast. Very fast, Cool yeah. shot there, yeah. Uh, we see that she's driving. She's talking to Hannah, who's curled up in the passenger seat, wrapped up in a blanket, looking exhausted beside her. And Mary Drake, oh, I wish I could do Andrew Parker's voice. It's so amazing. But she's just like, are you sure about this? And Hannah's like, yes, I'm sure. Hannah's, you know... Not giving her a whole lot. She's, you know, been through some shit in the past 24 hours. Uh, Mary Drake's like, if someone tried to hurt you, the police. And Hannah cuts her off with, I have to talk to my friends before I do anything. And Mary Drake says, I understand. And like, Hannah looks at her cautiously like she's just seen the most terrifying ghost ever. But Mary Drake basically has, right? (laughs) Yeah. But Mary Drake is just too cool about all this. And she's just like, You're a friend of my niece, of Allison. And Hannah's like, I never said anything about Allison. And Mary Drake's like, I can tell by the way that you're looking at me. And you knew my sister, Jessica, Allison's mother. So you must be a friend of Allison's. But Hannah, you know, she just can't trust any of this. And so she's like, uh, Allie never mentioned anything about her mother having a sister, let alone a twin sister. Mary Drake, unfazed, undeterred. She's just like, what's your name? Uh, which would have been my first question before the half-naked girl jumped in my car in the middle of the night. Well, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. Really, you're like,
0: "Excuse me, what's your name?" No, I don't no, no, know. you can't I'm... get in my car yet. What's your name? Maybe I'm a romantic. Well, I feel like there's some some basic information that I want to get down just just in case. You're just like, "Ma'am, ma'am, I'm sorry, ma'am. I need your name before I rescue you, ma'am. Please don't take that tone." <laughs> I wasn't gonna go full Toby on it, but sure.
1: <laughs> uh, so Hannah says her name's Hannah. And Mary Drake's like families are complicated things, Hannah.
0: <laughs> I like families are very complicated things, Hannah. <laughs> and Hannah's like, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> Many families have secrets. Most families, really, and sometimes those secrets are actual people.
1: Imagine that. <laughs> well, she she like considers it for a moment, and kind of has like a little half smile, and just like imagine that. Oh, Mary Drake is very low key,
0: very interesting in this episode to me. Yeah, Hannah's like and that's who you are One of those secret people And she kind of turns and looks at her And she's like not anymore <laughs> It's this like crazy smirk And then she goes back eyes on the road And Hannah's face is just like I've made a huge mistake um, Well
1: during this whole Car ride of Hannah and Mary Drake I, I couldn't stop thinking about that Like potential slayer who got in the car of Caleb the preacher on Buffy I don't trust him oh, yeah. He is a little
0: man <laughs> Well, Mary Drake, I mean, she, she projects this air of brittle vulnerability over like a layer of bitter resentment. And mm-hmm. these like just occasional like weird flashes of playful craziness. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's a lot of fun. The liars are just completely petrified and fascinated by her. It's like she's a, she's a cautionary tale for them. It's like this is what happens when you play the game for too long.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, for a woman of a certain age, she completely projects the affect of being quite possibly a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the credits. Emily is the shusher this time. Um, Emily's a little, little nuts in this episode. It's, it's good to have her back.
0: Emily's the only one with her eye on the, block, on the prize in this episode. A prize, yeah. <laughs> um, after
1: the credits, Edward are Spencer's in the great room. Uh, this is sometime after that spooky car ride. Uh, daylight's visible from outside. I don't know what the schedule the liars are on anymore. So it's got us I- fucked. I think this whole episode takes place over one day. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think
0: they probably all crash at some point for, like, three hours. But mm-hmm. uh there's so I, those well, I think that gives us still 48 hours to catch up to the, the flash forward.
2: Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but, yeah, so Hannah's here. The Liars and their S.O.s are here, uh, except for Mona and Toby, who, like, vanished into the budget. <laughs> uh, Hannah's got some sweats on. She's kind of just legs tucked up, you know, next to her in a fainting couch there. She's got some coffee. Ezra, of all people, hands her a cup of coffee. He's like, here, Hannah. And Hannah's just sitting with the coffee, cross-legged, just very haunted, far-off looking her eyes. And Spencer's hovering, kind of at a distance, but studying Hannah. And Caleb, Ari, and Emily are all kind of watching Hannah from the couch. And Caleb's just like, Hannah, are you sure that you don't want to go to the doctor? And Hannah's just like, I'm sure. And Ari's like, Hannah, I think you should. And Hannah says, the doctors are going to ask questions, and then I'd have to lie. No doctors, no questions. And Spencer kind of can't stand it anymore. She moves over to sit at the end of the fading couch. And she's very gentle, but direct. And she's like, Hannah, I'm sorry, but you have to tell us about Mary Drake picking you up. And Hannah's like, is she real? I mean, is she really who she says she is? <laughs> and Emily's like, we think so. And Spencer says, yeah, she was a patient at Radley. We found her file. Because this is all news to Hannah. And like, what? And Emily explains, she's Allison's aunt. Charlotte's biological mother, and Ari says the dealer and his family adopted Charlotte. Also, I'm basically a published author, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Hannah's, you know, speaking for the audience is like, so it's her, Mary Drake. She's been after us all along. I mean, someone killed her daughter, and then she shows up to get even.
1: <laughs> you and Caleb should have been like,
0: no, actually, we voted. Yeah. It's Allison. We just took a vote. Yeah, uh, Caleb's just like, yeah, we're pretty sure she didn't show up just to get into the resort business. Or maybe she did, Caleb. Yeah, in your fucking face. Mm-hmm. You pile of stink. Caleb, by the way, still is not showered. Same clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Hannah says, She must have been chasing me when I got out, but why wouldn't she just run me over instead of bringing me here? And Ezra's like, Because we gave her exactly what she wanted. <laughs> Hannah's just like, Sure, let's kill her. And Caleb's like, we're convinced it's Allison, based on no evidence at all. We took an oath. Yeah. And Ari's like, we found it. Arya doesn't have that voice. Ari says, we found evidence. It's like, no, you didn't. You found no evidence at all. You found a random red jacket in a box of donated clothes. He had a Goodwill box. Uh
1: If you're out there listening, raise your hands if for one episode you just want us to do Aria in Caleb
0: voice. I think that would be an interesting remix. That sounds terrifying. (laughs) Even Hannah finds this a little special. You know, like, oh, you found out in the church. Spencer, can I have something stronger than coffee in here? And Spencer's like, yeah. I was like, for a second there, I really thought... Because she's like, yeah! Mm -hmm. I thought Spencer was going to start crushing pills and, like, rolling up a 20. (laughs) (laughs) Do a little bump. (laughs) Yeah, she goes, like, to get a bottle from, like, over the fridge. It looks like it might be whiskey or maybe spiced rum. Uh, and as she's doing this, Caleb, like, <laughs> zips right over to Hannah's side to yeah. have a moment. In the background, you see Spencer, she's keeping an eye on this. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's got her eye, you know, one eye pointing that way as she's pouring the booze. She's pouring the Kraken. <laughs> Caleb, just choosing the worst moment ever, is just like, this belongs to you. And he holds up Hannah's engagement ring. Ridiculously large. and like Like he's proposing himself. Practically, like that's kind of how it's posed here, and Hannah's just staring at it, like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. In the kitchen, Spencer is making notes of all this and dying inside. Like, it's now really the time, Caleb. You got to do it right now, like you're proposing.
1: What gets me is, I mean, I know Emily's blindsided, and Emily's the one I would lean on for this because she is also Spencer, Mm -hmm. but like everyone else, like, does not seem to pick up on. How fucking hard this is to spend. Like, like, what a, sk- a repeated stab to the abdomen.
0: <laughs> this is.
1: I mean, it's just been happening for like three episodes now too.
0: Ugh. I don't know. There is this like shot where Ezra kind of like looks at Emily, like,
1: Ooh. <laughs> yeah. But so Ari's still stewing because Hannah shot her down. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Caleb silently asking, "Do you want this thing?" And Hannah silently acknowledging, "Fuck, you smell like a dumpster." Um, but she kind of embarrassed, very softly says, thanks. Um,
0: well, she like, she almost smiles for a moment, but then it's just like all joy leaves her face is like, this is just another thing for her to to feel shitty about, you know,
1: can I tell you why maybe? Oh, sure. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: so Caleb seems like
1: he definitely wants to ask more questions or wants to absorb some more Hannah time or obviously there's a whole other conversation to happen there, but there's a knock on the door. Everyone's like, Oh, man of action. And Ezra's like, Oh, that's Mona. Uh, So Ezra like heads off into the other room to get the door. Remember, <laughs> there is a front door somewhere. Uh, Spencer's, like putting away the booze as Ezra walks past. And Sensor's like, well, be careful in case it isn't. Um, And with Ezra out of the room, Arya's like, phone vibrates with a new text. She checks it. It's from Liam. It says, sleepless nights and
0: big news. Be there soon. Uh, mo' boyfriends, mo' problems for Arya.
1: Well, Arya's just like, uh, I have a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> and it's been in a the- Like a murder barn all night, but I've got a lot going on. Ezra walks back in with a large floral arrangement, and he's like, well, there was just, there was nobody there, just this.
0: He's so casual about it,
1: like, oh, that was weird. Yeah. This doesn't happen all the time to the liars. Seriously, this is, like, not even the first time it's happened to them at Spencer's house, too. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're, like, you know, commiserating on the counter where he sets it down, except for Hannah keeps, like, the balled-up fetal position on the fainting couch. Caleb grabs the card attached to the flowers and reads it and says, couldn't have done without you. Glad we're on the same team, AD. And we cut over to like this really interesting shot of like, Hannah. She's processing this as she listens. I think she's actually being seen through the bodies of Spencer and Caleb, which makes it really interesting. Um, then everyone kind of like looks yeah, back between, at
0: Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Not through them. Yeah, they're not them. ghosts. Yeah. That we know of. <laughs> I only ghost, but I am not yet a ghost. Yeah. Well, Hannah just feels like shit, you know, because it's like everyone's looking yeah. at her. Whoa! You have it up. Survey their faces. Everyone but Ezra looks concerned. <laughs> <laughs> well, so who who could have dropped this off? Like, who's not here right now? Toby, Mona, Mary, Rollins, Sabrina, Melissa, everyone else. You I know, mean, I mean, on. Yeah, Rick. You know who knows? Maya. Maya. Yeah.
1: Um. So speaking of which, because Hannah feels like shit here. Uh, go over to Lucas's loft. The door opens. Caleb's the first inside, like, bending over to pick up a package that was apparently been delivered. I might note, it just says, how? Because it's, like, seems like it was slid under the door, but I don't think so. It's pretty thick. No, package. it's not. It's, it's on the outside. Is it outside? Okay. Yeah. Um, so Caleb investigates it, hands it to Hannah, who is marching in behind him, followed by Emily and Spencer. Caleb's like, it's from Lucas. Hannah takes it and just immediately sets it down without looking and walks past the table. It's the last fucking thing she cares about. She walks to the kitchen, picks up the kettle. Emily, being the caregiver, rushes over. She's like, Sit down. I can do that. Hannah's just like confused, annoyed, sarcastic, trying to be cool about it. But she's just like, I can boil my own water. Thanks. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, um, Spencer and Caleb share a little look here. Like they, they kind of know these signs with Hannah. And then Emily walks over uh, away from Hannah towards them. And to Spencer, she says, Can I um borrow you for a minute? Because uh, her tulpa knows what's up right now. It's time to get Spencer away from Caleb and Hannah for a second. Yeah. Uh, so Emily's kind of like, you know, distracting Spencer here. So Caleb just makes a concerned like beeline straight for Hannah, mm-hmm. uh, and Emily like heads off into like the bedroom area, I guess, and awaiting Spencer. Yeah, thinking Spencer's gonna follow, him, but instead Spencer she just kind of watches Caleb and Hannah for a second, and it's just like fuck this, fuck everything. Uh, just like walks right out the front door. And so, meanwhile, Caleb's in the kitchen there talking to Hannah. Do you want to do Caleb? I know you I like to do Caleb. i love to do Caleb. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so at every dumpster everywhere. Uh, he's like, so, you going to take Lucas up on his offer?
0: He's crazy. He sees your potential. Potential for what? For what you could do if you were in charge. His voice has, like, dropped to, like, a really super low, quiet, like, ultimate sensitive bro voice right now. Well, they're a bit whispery. Yeah. 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 Um I've noticed that I'm playing him a little bit like,
1: uh, uh, what's his name? Like, Dick Casablanca's on Party Down, if he was playing Caleb. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Palisades, bro. Yeah. Um uh, So,
0: yeah, he's yeah. like, what you could do if you were in charge? And yeah, it says, Caleb, have you noticed none of us are in charge of anything around here? Kids, like well, we can fix that. No one's giving up on anybody. Hannah's a little annoyed with these platitudes. She's like, "Then what? Suppose suppose we get through that. Where does that leave us? Back to where we started?" Well, I guess it depends on uh, how far back you want to go. Ooh, that's a different conversation that Hannah's not really looking to have right now. She just sighs and she's like, "Look, in that room of the resort, before all the lights went off and someone pushed me down a hole, I was scared." Me too. But you were there. I always felt safe around you. Even when we weren't getting along, you made me feel safe. Maybe that's why what happened happened with us. Do you think that we
1: just uh, went back to what we used to be for a minute?
0: Yeah, only for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, just like, yeah, we're using this excuse. It felt like old times. It was only for a second. Like, shut it down, basically. Well, I think, so, you know,
1: obviously Emily, you know, not to jump too far ahead here, Emily knows that this has all the makings of post-Dollhouse Hannah. It's all the same signs. But I think if the dollhouse taught us anything, after, when she gets real bad, like when the plane crashes into the goddamn mountain, Hannah doesn't just look like one. She, like, gets tough as a diamond. Mm-hmm.
0: You know what well, I, mean? I think- And she has a touch of that Spencer fatalism, too. I think what we're going to see is Hannah reaches a certain point where she's just like, nope, going back to my New York life. And i go, going to go restart that, and uh, obviously it's not going to work out too well. Um, but yeah, sorry, Caleb. Didn't go quite the way you wanted there. Maybe you should have treated your actual girlfriend like shit for the last 24 hours. Like an actual bad guy? Yeah, or maybe you might have done better if you showered at least.
1: <laughs> she's like, also, Caleb, you stink.
0: So uh Emily comes back into the room with some Betty, and she's like, where's Spencer? And Caleb turns away from Hannah. He has like a slightly like busted look on his face here. Like, Oh yeah. Spencer. Who's that again? <laughs> uh, out in the hallway is where Spencer is. She's leaning against the wall, arms folded over chest, just feeling miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think she overheard them specifically. Like, I don't think she needed to really like the writing is on the wall there. She, she sees how Caleb's reacting around Hannah like, she, she suspected before. Now they hand us back. She sees what he's, you know, how he's treating her. And she doesn't need to hear anything there. That right. was my read on it. Oh, yeah. She's, and they're talking him. ridiculously she quiet, too. Yeah. 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 So, well, I
1: mean, he made a beeline right fucking at her, like mm-hmm. twice now. And Spencer's like eye
0: shot. So, yeah. So Emily finds her out there, uh, tries to come closer. Spencer you know, having her moment. And Emily's like, hey, you okay? And Spencer kind of keeps her back turned, walking further away. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Just wanted to be by myself for a minute. She's kind of sniffling, trying to compose herself. And Emily's just like, I think we're all feeling a little lost right now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Spencer try- tries to put the facade back on. And she's like, I'm fine. And Emily's like, great, let's make this about Allison again. Yeah, really. Do you think Allie's safe? And Spencer's like, at Welby? And he's like, I mean, places like that are designed to keep people from getting out, not getting in. I walk in there whenever I want. Uh, maybe we need to warn Elliot. And Spencer's like, well, what do you want to tell him? That we told someone that his wife killed her spoon sister, who's actually her cousin? I mean, he'd lock us up. I feel like if I was Spencer, I would not want to go to Welby. Not Just for fucking principle. anything.
1: Yeah. I also... Wouldn't want my, my, one of my best friends to remind me of my own close connection to such mm-hmm. a facility later on. But yeah, Caleb comes around the corner because he's just been reminded that he has a girlfriend. And he's just like, Spencer, hey, want me to take you home? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, okay. And then he seemingly walks right back into Lucas's apartment. Like the, 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 the body language. I'm like, what do you need back in there? He yeah, was just like,
0: fresh. He takes off. Well, like, are you going to go kiss Hannah goodbye? You yeah. fuck. And oh. Spencer says, em, Keep an eye on Hannah. And Emily nods. And she's like, You feel it too. And Spencer's like, Forgive me. I feel it again. Oh. Uh, she says, Yeah, she's got that look. And Emily's like, The dollhouse look.
2: You okay there?
1: Yeah. I don't. For a second there, I know what you're doing, but I thought you were going to go into Bane voice for some okay. reason. <laughs> I'm
0: not <laughs> going to lie.
1: problems with your ally.
0: <laughs> I looked through this whole episode looking for a pose with Arya, looking putting her hand on somebody's shoulder, just so I could do the. Uh, do you feel in charge? Do you feel in charge? <laughs> yeah. Haven't uh, we? I'm keeping long, my eye out for that one. Haven't we
1: long joked that we were going to eventually Photoshop a Bane mask onto Arya?
0: Oh, that's got to happen. That's like that's peak PLL. <laughs> Um, but more seriously, the heartbreaking reaction from Spencer here, like just pure despair and anxiety, like the dollhouse look that they're talking about, like, and the fact that Hannah's like a romantic rival suddenly just makes it even worse. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a brief moment, but I think it's a good reminder that these girls are all just like skating on thin ice over a deep reservoir of existential dread right now. Well, and, and it's a shipwreck
1: on a, on a... Desolate beachside where the low tide is actually fucking Caleb here and whatever the hell he's doing to Spencer
0: and Emily's like resurgence of feelings for Allison. Um, well, I think they they all share this terrible experience together that nobody else really understands. So they can just say the dollhouse look, you know, and they're like, yeah, we know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> no, no, but I mean, what I mean is that that bond, that core bond. And thus, like that shared thing that they feel, unfortunately, is like there with like the waves of like Caleb, Allison, Ad. It's all
0: washing over it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just I feel like that that is just supersedes it. I guess you know.
1: That's that's my point. Yeah. Um. So back in the loft, Hannah's just sitting there at the table, like Lucas's package is in front of her, which is never a sentence that I thought I'd type into PLL notes. Um. And Emily has come back in. She's shutting the door, and she's like do you want to give Jordan a call? And Hannah's a little annoyed. And she's like, who? Mm-hmm. No, she says, and tell him what? That I got myself a little kidnapped for a while? And Emily's like, maybe you just want to hear his voice, even if you can't understand a garbled word he's saying. And Hannah's dismissive. She's like, it's too late to call him now, which is meta as fuck. Um, so she's textual. Like, I'll, yeah, I'll do it later. Uh, then she gets up and walks off, and Emily watches her friend go with concern. Mm-hmm.
0: So we cut over to Spencer's bar. now. She's sitting in front of her laptop. She's got some paperwork out in front of her. She's kind of like squeezing the bridge of her nose. She's so tired, so exhausted. Caleb comes around the corner, kind of checking up on her. He's taking his jacket off, but he's wearing that same maroon shirt. He still hasn't showered.
1: I, I want you to go Photoshop in just like outrageous pit stains.
0: I mean, maybe when he's out with Mona, he just like pulled over at some point and ran into a 7-Eleven to take a horse bath or something.
1: What was the joke I made? He's doing like the speed stick over the shirt.
0: (laughs) Mona's just like, why are we sobbing? He's like, gotta go splashing water on my balls. Mona's like, let's never speak of this again.
1: (laughs) No, it's just just Mona hosing him down. (laughs) (laughs) And he's singing Maniac the whole time. Uh, Yeah, so he's in soft bedroom hacker seductive mode now. And he's just like.
0: Well, like a complete ass, like, oh, got the red light from Hannah, time to switch up and uh, go back to Spencer, you know? Like, oh it's
1: like he's put back on the, what we now know is the facade of the Caleb that everyone seems to love. Mm-hmm. And it's obviously bullshit, but I think subtext, too, is Caleb, he needs a little
0: comfort. Maybe you want to read that as Caleb's horny. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like he just thinks he can go right back to this now and everything will be fine. I don't know man yeah he's just like hey
1: aren't you tired
0: and she's like um
1: no i shot past tired a long time ago and he's like well we should probably get some sleep while we can and he sees that she has all sorts of paper spread around her laptop she's working on and she's like yeah i just have to finish this up my mom (laughs) it turns out there's way more paperwork when you win instead of lose
0: her voice is so raspy and shot right now yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. The things that she can do with just her voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Caleb like he senses
1: something and like needs to compensate. So he kinda comes over behind her and like rubs her shoulders. And it's like, remember all those times in six B where it's like he would like massage her neck in such a way where she would mm-hmm. orgasm? Now it just feels so false. Even though she clearly would like the comfort, but she'd also like it to be genuine. yeah uh, Meanwhile the song on the soundtrack goes, Our love is six feet under <laughs>
0: yeah and spencer says she kind of looks back up at caleb and says i'm really glad that hannah's safe
1: like, like that's what we have
0: yeah we no. all are uh and spencer says it was so dangerous i should have stopped her and he's just kind of caressing her hair and he's like you know hannah's like an aircraft carrier a lot of firepower but pretty difficult to maneuver it's <laughs> <She's laughs> like sexy talk <laughs> like what Not a great, <laughs> not a analogy. great analogy Yeah, I mean... Yeah, that girl's like an aircraft carrier, you know what I mean? A lot of firepower, difficult to maneuver. And Peter Hastings is like, high five! (laughs) You can drink some of my serious scotch. No, just kidding, you can't. Peter's like, whenever possible, i like to work munitions into my Mm -hmm. dirty talk, Caleb. You
1: understand. Yeah,
0: Spencer's just staring forward, like, avoiding a lot of unspoken shit right now that he doesn't seem to even realize that's going on, you know? Yeah. And so she's like, yeah, well, I guess they call ship's she for a reason, huh? And he smiles and he leans down and he's kind of like kissing her on the head. And he's whispering, he's like, come to bed. And she's like, I will soon. Uh, and then she covers her mouth and he pulls away. Can't see that she's crying right now. I mean, something spells right now, Caleb. And it's not the essence of best boyfriend, if you know what I mean. Right, right. He walks off to the bedroom. He's, he, we see he's unbuttoning his shirt as he goes. So maybe he's finally about to take that shower. So, or he's about to just like musk up the bed for Spencer.
1: He's going to rub his scent on things. Like burn those fucking clothes. Like when <laughs> they burned Emily's clothes when they thought that she killed somebody in like season
0: three. Fuck. Um, so meanwhile. <laughs> well, Spencer's Emily- just wiping tears away. Like poor yeah. Spencer. Two, two days ago, Spencer was in love. Yeah. it is all over now she said i love you to this smelly butthole yeah um, and his response was like scene 7 45 a.m
1: <laughs> exactly oh god damn it um so meanwhile emily is like like seemingly sleeping soundly on the couch at lucas's uh, her phone starts ringing wakes her up she reaches down pulls it out of her bag examines the contact seeing it's an unknown caller she answers and she's like hello and then we hear what sounds like a woman gasping over the phone, a bit of a struggle. Totally normal call for Emily to be woken by. Emily doesn't seem too phased by this. She's just saying, no. like, hello? <laughs> this is honestly just like late night phone sex to Emily. Okay. Uh, she's, hello. We hear Allison like, help me. And Emily's, Emily's like, like, who, new who is this? <laughs> <laughs> and we hear, like, like how do you not me. know the voice of Allison? Your first crush, your first love, your good friend. She's like, who? Yeah, don't bullshit Emily. You know yeah. who this is. This is the call <laughs> you've been waiting for. <laughs> help me, Emily. Still, the sound of like a struggle, and it's like Allison's like tussling with some sheets or people or an army, who knows? And Emily's like, "Allie?" And Allison's like, "Em, I need you." More, more struggles. It's what sounds like maybe you like like Allison's having like a dry heaving fit or oh, it's a like seizure.
0: It's like she's fighting for the phone or something like that. And yeah. Emily's just like, "Allie, are you all right? Like she's so chill. <laughs> and we hear a nurse say, "Let go." And Emily's like, "Hello." And the nurse says, "Give me the phone." And Allison's like, no, no, and we struggling and grunting and moaning. It's like Ally's fighting someone on the other end of the line. And Emily's like, Allie? and the phone click disconnects, and Emily's like, mildly concerned. That was weird, almost as weird as the time that Allison called her from jail.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: so at the commercial, we're at Welby. I it maybe it's the next day, maybe it's not. Like it's hard to tell whether or not a day passed here. But uh, shockingly, time is hard to figure out on PLO. Yeah. Even when we were talking a matter of, like, days that we're trying to track. Yeah. Oh, you know what?
1: Honestly, I swear to God, four days later could be very well the end of 7A. <laughs>
0: With PLL, I would not be fucking shocked. <laughs> Seriously. I almost hope it's the case. <laughs> yeah. Emily is uh, back in her classic flannel. Yep. She's talking to the nurse at the counter. It's a cool rotating shot where when we first see the nurse, uh, we'd see her reflection in, like, this kind of frosted glass mirror. Like, at her desk there, and then, like, as the camera rotates, that reflection turns into Emily. Like, it's it's a cool shot.
1: Well, it's, like, how people exist or seen through or reflect onto reflective surfaces is really mm-hmm. interesting in this episode. Mostly with Mary. Like, I feel like it's, I don't want to say it's wasted on
0: the nurse, because it's not like. It's not like she's Jenna or something. Yeah, you know? it's
1: not like, subtextually, this goes anywhere with the nurse, but it's, it's still a cool shot. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Emily's saying, no, you made a mistake. I visited her the other day. I'm the one that brought her here. And the nurse is like, Mrs. Rollins' visiting instructions have been changed. And Emily's like, Who's Mrs. Rollins? No. Uh, nurse says, Family only. And she tries to leave, but Emily's not going to let her. She's like, Why did they change? Did something happen? And the nurse is like, All I can tell you is the only visitors she's allowed are family members. And I mean, really, Emily's way more of a family member to Allie than her fucking creepy husband, right? Emily's like, is Dr. Rollins here? Can I go over your head? Can you page him, please? And there's just kind of nods down the hallway. She's like, Dr. Rollins is right over there, literally 20 feet away. Bitch. Yeah. (laughs) So Rollins is talking to some other doctor, like handing her some paperwork. And Emily just goes over and she's like, Elliot. Uh, I like how she doesn't even call him Dr. Rollins. Uh, And Rollins is like, Emily. And he like thanks the other doctor. So she leaves. And Emily's just like, they won't let me in to see Allie. And he's like, those are my instructions. And he's like, is she all right? Has something happened? And he kind of like smirks and like nods, like, come follow me to a more private place so we can have this conversation. Well, and they, they take like turn. two steps. Yeah, they just turn around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two steps away. And he's like, I decided Alice would be better off in isolation right now because I'm a true creep. And Emily's just like, okay, can I just see her for a minute? And he's like, it's not in Ali's best interest or mine or yours. Uh, And Emily's like, so when can she have visitors? And he's like, as soon as I think she can, because I'm definitely a domestic abuser. I'll call you. And he (laughs) kind of patronizingly pats her on the arm. Yeah, he pats her on the arm. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. his cell phone rings. He's like, I have to go. I'm sorry. And he walks off. And Emily just, like, to thin air is like, thanks, asshole. She watches Rollins go. And then she looks over and sees, like, this workman, like, walks over to a uh, a phone it's right by the entrance the restricted area it's like just like one of the you know f- like public phones they have at a hospital yep uh and he just like takes the phone off the wall he's like it seemingly this is how Ali called her and like now they're removing it to prevent it from happening again right And the workman he kind of like looks at emily as emily's watching him he has this look like bitches am i right yeah and emily's just like
2: yeah
1: yeah yeah oh no. so from from the darkness of welby to the incredible brightness of the radley lobby uh, it's back again hannah and lucas stroll into frame oh my god lucas's fucking face in this whole scene we hear Lucas's like snarky "so" from around the corner and he's like so how is allison doing i heard she was in the hospital
0: <laughs> it's like the fucking mental hospital you ass yeah how is she doing
1: how do you think 24 hours ago yeah like, where did where what what gazette did you check? Like the gossip girl texts you, you asshole. Well, oh. you know,
0: n- mental note is is uh, that an innocent question or is that another sign that Lucas is up to something? Yeah. How hmm. so, <laughs> was your friend doing at the mental hospital? And it's just like I wish people would just leave her alone. And he's like, I was just asking how she's doing. She's like, sorry. So they sit at a table, and he's just like, so, how are you? She's like, I'm kind of tired, kind of over this. Um, Which makes me think this is, like, all still the same day, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Lucas is like, did you get the package I sent over? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, She (laughs) kind of half-rolls her eyes. (laughs) She's like, Lucas, why are you doing this for me? I mean, he could be out there building private spaceships or something, which just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. There's no way Lucas is that smart.
1: Uh, actually space called and they want Lucas to know, uh, we're full.
0: I really want Caleb to, to like get annoyed with Lucas and be like, hold on a second. And he like taps on his phone for 15 seconds. He's like, Hey, I just hacked your network and leaked your source code to the world. Your stock is worthless now. I just want Caleb to like push Lucas out of a window.
2: Mm.
0: Like a uh, high window or a low window?
1: Uh, high window. Oh, I was, yeah, I was thinking low window. I could do it a couple times. I don't know. Yeah, so um, she's like, Lucas, why are you doing this for me? I mean, you could be out building some private spaceships or something. And he's just like, the private spaceship market is a little overcrowded at the moment. Did you look at the papers? And she's like, there were a lot of them. A lot of those little sign here stickers. And he just finds this so rich. Like, why do you make it so hard for somebody to do something nice for you? Why do you resist it so much? And she's, and like, she's
0: like, maybe I prefer to be in control of my own life, bitch. Yeah,
1: you troll. Yeah, so Hannah's like, look, Lucas, I think you think I'm somebody I'm not. Everybody thinks I'm somebody I'm not somebody smarter braver sharper but I'm not' well, this like, is
0: classic Hannah identity as she's coming back right yeah, yeah she thought she had her new New York City identity and that's just been crumbling ever since she came to Rosewood
1: well and I you know the the simplest yet wisest as always
0: thing that I've ever
1: heard about Hannah like deconstructing her was from Jacob Clifton which is when you are nothing you have the freedom to be everything. <laughs> And I think that there was potentially a really strong upswing for Hannah after the dollhouse. Not that I'm saying, oh, yeah, the dollhouse is a great thing for her. But like she was basically Tabula Rasa, And it's like, you know, she got stronger in those broken places. Um, and just hopefully it'll happen a lot faster this time. And unfortunately, hopefully it'll be far from the records that is Lucas. And he's just like, yes, you are. That's the point, Hannah. I think you want this. Otherwise, I wouldn't have offered it, said the devil. But I do need an answer. We need to file a business plan or we're going to lose that tax credit. Um, so Hannah should really get into the preferring market ambivalence. Um, and she's just like, look, I'm just saying I'm not the best person when it comes to making decisions. And he's like, well, Hannah, not making a decision, that's a decision.
0: I hate to say that's like the only smart thing Lucas has ever said. Uh, yeah, Hannah is just, you know, conflicted, Rich. tired.
1: It always makes me long for the days still in six B when, like, even fucking. Uh, oh god, what was his name? Egg. No, uh, uh, the Toby's partner. They got promoted over him, and they got oh, Lorenzo. Lorenzo got ran out of town when he like basically shit on like Lucas's fake alibi. I just feel like like Lorenzo was like, "Okay, get out of here, fuck boy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're done. Get the fuck out."
0: Turns out the fuck boy is he. <laughs> So we go back to the Hastings barn. Emily is hectoring her prime cell Spencer right now to come to Allie's assistance. And she's like, if you could have heard her on the phone, maybe she killed Charlotte, maybe she didn't. You can't just leave her in there with no one protecting her. And Spencer's like, okay, well, you did tell Elliot, or did you tell Elliot about the call? And Emily's like, no, I don't want him knowing who she was calling. Which is, good call, Emily. Very good call. Uh, but
1: I think Elliot gets suspect
0: yeah sure but
1: i mean in in 6b he was like constantly going to emily to be like emily allison needs you if he's if he's actually halfway decent of a psychiatrist or psychologist or whatever it's not a it's not an uneducated guess
0: yeah so spencer says so where did you leave things with him and emily says he said he'd call me when she improves but i don't think we can wait and spencer's phone beeps and she kind of checks it and blinks twice and then puts it aside did she just get fired uh, not, not yet. It, well, we'll get back to that later. I just, you know, we know she gets fired by text. Uh, we'll see. Uh, so Spencer says, "Um, it's my work. I'll call them back." And Emily says, "What about Mary Drake?" And Spencer says, "What the fuck about her?" <laughs> and oh, wait, that was like... your dialogue.
1: <laughs> no, it's in the closed captioning. Spencer I should says... really
0: be drinking right now. You know,
1: Spencer says, "What the fuck about her?" um Emily's like she's family she has access you know should we try and use her and I want Spencer to almost like slap Emily to wake her up (laughs) she is literally the devil yeah Spencer's like ask Mary to take us to see Allie and we think this woman might be uber a you want to ask her to help and like Troy does this like great flutter of like can't believe this shit like shit blinking here um Emily's like okay maybe it's better that we go in there with her than we like let her go by herself And Spencer's just like, no, we can't take that chance. And Emily says, Dukes!
0: (laughs) Emily is really embracing, like, so crazy it just might work strategy right now. Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. So then we're going to cut to the Montgomery House living room. Liam is there. He's sitting on the couch. He's looking a little hurt and pensive. Ari's kind of pacing a little, like she's got to explain something. And she says, I think we both saw this coming. Boom! You dumped, bro! Uh, Liam is, is crushed. Arya is already thinking about like where to go for takeout tonight. Are she, we gonna jump right past the outfits here? Oh, we'll get to them in a moment. I just, I just really want to point out that, uh, she could not look more emotionally checked out right now. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. Like, which good. is just an extra twist of the knife to Liam. But yes, please go ahead with what Aria is wearing.
1: Tight jeans, mm-hmm. uh, which look great on her. A hideous floral top that a lot of people have accurately made the easy remark of how it looks like a shower curtain. And it's an easy remark because this thing actually has the fucking holes all around the collar where you'd hang it up on a shower rod. Which, damn Aria, is this a shower curtain? Like did you just like turn it into like like a nurse scrubs outfit or something? She's like, I stole it from Sarah Harvey. Uh yeah, seriously. Um and Sarah's like, I wouldn't be caught dead in that. <laughs> um, fashion-wise, just to recap, Arya's gone from leopard print to Day of the Dead, to Bird of Prey, to Fractals, to melting pizza surrealism, and now
0: she's entered her Van Gogh shower curtain face. Well it's like a bunch of ugly flower prints. It's not the colors are hideous too. It's like this like like bluish, like darkish blue, white, like mustard yellow, like oh I mean, it's
1: the kind of thing your grandma would be like, that's a little loud. Yeah. Um, but also I feel like if Andy Andy Warhol ever met Arya, uh, he'd retire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are no more worlds left to conquer he'd say um yeah so Arya says i think we both saw this coming and <laughs> liam who's just had his world imploded is like apparently one of us saw before the other which is like classic breakup talk and yeah. like i'm sorry she's not <sighs> <laughs> i think i think if you sigh before you say something or after you say something, it really, like,
0: makes a difference. To right, sigh is...
1: after really means I don't give a
0: fuck. We need, like, the Arrested Development narrator here. Like, she's like, I'm sorry. She's not. And Liam's like, yeah, so am I. He is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's like, it's just coming home and seeing my friends and everything that, that Ali's going through. I realize I've got a lot of unresolved things in my life, and it wouldn't be fair to you. And Liam looks up at her, like, hashtag, who is this monster? and he's like I think you want me to say thank you but I'm not going to and Arya's like no I just want you to understand I've got to work through these things it has nothing to do with the book or Ezra and he gives her a look that says oh so I guess it's about Ezra then and she's like "Ah, it's all about me which it's such an Arya thing to say
1: but like even when Arya is trying to lie and cover her ass here of course she has to make it about Ezra
0: Oh, he's like, it's just about you and me. Like translation, I don't believe you one fucking bit. And then she, she finally tries to like show a little emotion here. And, like she's gonna sit down next to him, fold her hands, and like the approximation of what a contrite person looks like. And she's like, yeah, I'm sorry. And she starts to reach for him. He just yanks his hands away and stands up. She's just like, ugh, you don't even have to say that anymore. And he's like, um, ah. it's like, God, breakups are such a chore. And she she like has this weird moment where she stares off and then she bites her lip and she's like, pff, like like okay, are we done with the emotions part now?
1: It was like a symphony of sighs, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah. scoffs, yeah. Her he faces away for a moment, in this awkwardness, and he turns back, like changing the gears, and he's like, I got a little surprise too. And she like perks up, like, is it, it about moi? Is it, is it shiny? Um, and he's like, it's not as big as yours, but um. I am back on the book. That's what I came here to tell you. <laughs> and, uh, but like Arya's got like she's like got some cool surprise, maybe a little icy resentment. She's like, You're back on the book? And he's like, Yeah, I convinced Jillian that I'd be able to prep the manuscript faster than anyone else. And she agreed, and she's like, You're gonna edit the book with five question marks? <laughs> Arya's like, well shit,
0: this is awkward now. Yeah, I <laughs> would have led with that before I dumped your ass. Yeah, he's like, more than all, be a kind of creative gatekeeper. Make sure everything goes well and everybody stays reasonably happy. And she kind of shits in her chair like she's about to like run away, but then she settles back down. He's like, do we have a problem? And Arya says, I don't know, do we? Every line
1: is punctuated <laughs> differently, awkwardly, confusedly, magically.
0: Uh, he comes and sits back on the couch trying to be open and sincere a little bit mournful and he's like you worked hard for this i'd like you to see i'd like to see you get something you've always wanted and harry's like i'd like to see me get everything i've always wanted <laughs> and she kind of squints a little and she says we're almost there aren't we and he's like yeah almost harry says then we'll do it we'll make it work and he's like yeah at least we can crush that finish line together and he tries to smile but he's just like dying inside he has to look away and Arya's face is just like, yeah, enough of that sentiment, buddy. Let's keep it professional from now on.
1: Let's get back to my words, my mm-hmm. beautiful words. Oh, my God. This scene, I, I love it. Like, Lucy Hale is like, like it's like she's a chef, and she should get a whole banquet to, like, cook for. But it's like, they want her best work and like, a bite size here. <laughs> but I feel like, metatextually, it goes to show, like, how much she's disregarding Liam. Because this really could be a much longer scene.
0: But he's not even going to get that. You know what I mean? I think somewhere Pictunia is just like, oh, "Aria, yeah. is this guy going to be a problem? <laughs> no, Pictunia. I got it under control. <laughs> Do you?
1: Oh my god. What if every time she did jazz hands, she was actually like waving Pictunia <laughs> in his face?
0: Oh, and so we then cut to a stack of papers, business papers. We're in Lucas's loft and these are the papers he once handed a sign. You see, the name of his company is LGX Technologies. That's for Lucas Gutsman International, which is a totally lame company name. It should just be Fuckboy Incorporated. It should be like FaceSnap Page or something like that,
1: you know? Or Facebook. Uh, I just realized, I saw my notes, I talked about how there's 50 sign here
0: yellow tabs, but I put sign here. <laughs> here.
1: But seriously, there's like fifty of those fucking things.
0: Yeah, all these little tabs for Hannah to sign. She kind of flips through them, and then she stares off in the distance. And we fade into a literally rose-tinted flashback right here. <laughs> uh, it's in. A, we're in a bar. There's um, more. We see more papers with sign here, stickies on them. But this time, Hannah's in a bar, and she's got all this paperwork out in front of her. Earbud in one ear. She's like doing business in the middle of a nightclub or something.
1: You know, this bothers me. It's like, I have no problem with a person who goes to a bar and reads. Mm-hmm. I know some people do. I don't have really a problem That's that. Fine. Go I to guess a it's bar like a people.
0: business lounge bar. I don't
1: know. I don't know. I mean, but it's like, you're going to make phone calls and stuff, and it's like, you're going to get yeah. louder because you can't hear. And it's like, you are in a bar.
0: I don't know. If yeah, you know, if Anna, if you didn't look like that, I think I would be pretty annoyed, you know? <laughs> and that's that's a shame, too, right mm-hmm. there. Uh, but yeah, so
1: she's on the phone. She's presumably still, you know, it's years earlier, in the employ of Claudia still. And she's like, <sighs> not just first class first class front row window with the side with the door and like pauses she listens you know and unfortunately we can like see the back of jordan near her he's like seemingly talking to someone else they don't know each other yet and Hannah
0: responds to the person on the phone I by you said unfortunately they're not and fortunately oh yeah
1: yeah and unfortunately mm-hmm. um but hannah's but yeah because she has to be the last one on and on the plane and the first one off and she listens and she's like no don't say you will try just do it. And Hannah sighs again. Apparently the call is ended and she's like, yanks the
0: earbud from her ear and she's looking around her papers. Hey, can I, can I take us totally off track for a moment? Please. Um, chatting with some peeps on Reddit about her breakup her first breakup with Caleb and you know, whose fault it was and, and whatnot and how that was handled. Now, I was just kind of thinking related to that, how much she kind of like, like ruined her relationship with Caleb for Claudia and how little loyalty that bought her. Like, she got dropped in a fucking heartbeat. Well, the sad
1: thing, too, is probably that it wasn't like Claudia was even aware that Hannah yeah. had a personal life that she had sacrificed, mm-hmm. you know? And, it, like, it meant nothing in the end. It's just that kind of empty, double wear Prada
0: mm-hmm.
1: world, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know,
0: I was just thinking about that the other day. Poor Hannah. You're just, like, thinking about that in the shower or whatever?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Um... So she's like looking around. Jordan reaches over not looking, it's like holding his hand on his drink and Hannah, she she see what she needs in his orbit. she, like tries to like his drink is on her napkin essentially. She tries like centers and
0: surrounding now and then she tells him, "I need my napkin." And he's like, "What?" Well, she like basically shoves him. Like you think she's going to tap him on the on the hand or something and instead she just kind of like like pushes him.
1: Yeah, you 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 big dumb <laughs> yeah. criminal.
0: Yeah, um and
1: she's like I need my napkin. He's like, "Oh!" And she's like, "Under your drink, that's my napkin." He's like, "Oh yeah, sure." And like, she reaches for the nap, he reaches for the napkin without moving the glass, like an asshole. Like, he's just going to yank it free, and she's like, "God, don't tear it!" So she like forces him to like lift his glass. She picks up the napkin. He's like, "Sorry." And then like now, whatever's on the napkin, is just like a like a Rorschach smudge with like a three visible. She sees this and sighs, and she like leans forward, like rubs her temples in frustration, to defeat. Jordan sees this. He's like, not. Comprehending what the big deal was to her, and he's like, well, "What's wrong?" And she's like, ah, "You just melted a
0: really important phone number. That's what's wrong. You and your sweaty glass." And then Caleb shows up out of nowhere, and he's like, "Did somebody say sweaty ass?" <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> never mind. Then <laughs> he ghosts right back out there. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> so, like Jordan, like reaches over, picks up the napkin, examining it, then like showing her his findings. He's like, "Yeah, it's okay. I
0: see the ink rub. All you need is the pen press and the necklace. See that?" Well, Hannah's relieved, or she's just has no idea what this foreigner is saying, and she's trying to be polite. Yeah, uh, and she kind of no,
1: I'm not even kidding. At yeah. this scene, I could not make out what the fuck he was saying.
0: Yeah, she's just like, yeah, sure, buddy. Takes a napkin back, and she's trying to like, you know, write it down, you know, transcribe it there. And she's like, thank you. And he's like, I'm sorry about the glass. And Hannah's just like, it's okay. And uh, he's gonna try to flirt with her now, with all the charm of a dingo. There
1: is, there, I mean there's chairs that are more attractive than this guy's, like, flirt. so
0: There's no chemistry here, right? Well, no, there's a certain kind of chemistry. I'll, I'll talk about that a little when we get to the end of the scene. Oh. But continue. Um, So he's, like, trying to
1: flirt with her, and she, he's like, "So what are they are you around for space, Raya? And I'm she's, a really like, good tipper. <laughs> so he's, like, he's trying to keep his brand of charm, you know, on her, and she's writing the numbers down, taking him in stride. She probably runs an asshole like this guy every day at her job. And he's like, a long day at the office, can I get you something to
0: eat? suppose I'm meeting someone. You're not. Well, he says, like, ah, you're not. And Hannah says, how do you know that? Well, you ordered a second drink. If you were meeting somebody, you would have nursed your first drink. This dude has clearly never met Spencer Hastings. Seriously. Or, honestly, me. Or an alcoholic, yeah. Okay. Oh, thanks. Well,
1: mm. are you are going to deny it? Come on. So, yeah, Hannah's I'm like, I'm not even you- drinking right now. Yet. <laughs> 20 minutes after you said I should be drinking <laughs> right now. <laughs>
0: I know. That's restraint. Hannah says, have you been counting my drinks? I know, it's details. <laughs> that date rapist alert. <laughs> and she kind of sneers at him. And she's like, interesting how your sweaty glass just happened to land on my phone number, isn't it? Well, that is the most interesting thing that's happened to me all night. Hannah looks away smiling like she's somehow like impressed by the charm offensive here. And the music keeps playing. And we cut to like a wide shot of this place where you see Hannah and Jordan have like moved to a table. They're having dinner. They're talking and laughing like they're the only two people in the world, and everyone around them is like like they're moving at normal speed. Everyone around them is like zipping by in fast motion. Uh, like it's a weird effect. I guess this is just like, you know, the whole night goes by and they're just talking and laughing and having a good time. It's like uh, it's kind of looks blue screeny
1: a little bit. It's not yeah. quite. It's not quite Spencer in D.C. <laughs> It's not quite the window of the brew. I know uh, this
0: is supposed to be romantic, but... eh. Like, to me, this is, like, a perfectly superficial start to a relationship that exists entirely on the surface of some knee-high breakers and low tide at Bondi Beach. Like, this is just... It's this kind of relationship where both of them are like, oh, you're so hot, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, you're rich and hot and sexy. Like, but there's nothing underneath it at all. They're just like, it's really cool that I have this, like, attractive... Significant other, who's a cool accessory, but it, it seems like they really have no idea who each other are. Exactly, know? I have, I have all of that like for their scene later, mm. but yeah, it's
1: you know, through throughout most of the rest that we've seen so far, it's like, oh, here's Jordan, the the rich prince charming guy who's they're, they're going to get married in another country perhaps, and he's got a family who knows rich lawyers who will get her off of murder charges, and he's just this good guy. He's like constantly bringing her fucking fancy food from New York. And he's going to drive her in his limo to some like like, creepy hotel. It's it's like like, all a
0: performance
1: kind of, but but yeah, it's like, well, he doesn't know that. I mean, does he know that she's acting out of character? Does he even know Mm -hmm. who she is? Does he even know what she's interested in? I mean, seemingly all he knows is that they go to a lot of fancy New York places and that the table
0: they have used to be hers and Caleb's. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, in that flashback, back to Hannah, she closes a stack of papers, unsigned, and smiles to herself, uh, reliving that memory. Uh, and then we're going to cut to the dealer in his house. Elliot is very foolishly letting Arya, Emily, and Spencer in the door. He's got us back to them. He's putting some papers in his briefcase. His liar squad is just haranguing him about getting him to visit Allie. Also, Arya has a, a leather jacket on now. She's brought
1: back the leather jacket. Uh, Arya, fashion icon.
0: Jubilee from the X-Men also maybe like april O'Neil, a little bit yeah yeah i, I could see aria like a straight-up jumpsuit with white boots um yeah. p.s don't google image search april O'Neil. uh just saying especially not at work uh oh, so. oh. <laughs> <laughs> um
1: anyway bringing Arya into a situation and that's emily's version of level three wacko um aria's just like we just want to see her and emily's like all we need is five minutes So, like, Rick puts away some papers in his man bag. turns back to the lady's hands, like, slipping in his pockets, being very authoritative, very clinical. And he's like, if you really want to help Allison, you'll give her time and space to heal. That's what she needs.
0: Well, he's just, like, laying on the
1: patriarchy now. Yeah. That's what I'm going to make sure she gets. I'm sorry if you can't understand that. I know you're her friends, but I am her husband and her doctor. And all the liars do this thing where they all kind of, like, look away like they're thinking, this bitch... And they look back at him, ready for more of his bullshit. And Spencer, Spencer finally is the one. Spencer, like, comes back in her Spencer-ness and is mm-hmm. like, maybe that's not the best combination. And Emily's face just says, oh, shit, I can't believe Spencer went there.
0: Well, Rollins like, steps to Spencer, like, trying to intimidate her. He's like, meaning what? And Spencer's like, bitch, I will cut you if you step to me. Today is not the day to fuck with Spencer Hastings. <laughs> uh, she's like, meaning maybe we're not the only ones who need a little objectivity. And Arie's face is like, ooh, yikes. And Rollins is like, well, maybe I'm not the most objective person. Perhaps that's because I spent the better part of five years taking care of Allie and Charlotte. I like the clarity you have, being gone so long. He's what just the fuck? Her. He has just written her a prescription for shade. Fuck off, buddy. Like, total, like, nice blame shifting there. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about Allie, not how like you deserve more friend points for being you know, closer to her, taking care of your fucking wife. Well, no, but
1: also... His, like, shit that he's giving her, it's also just painting more loudly how he's the wrong person Mm -hmm. to be in this situation. Yeah, really. Uh, So, yeah, Ari needs to step in and break this up. And she's like, all right, this isn't about who cares about Allison the most. Because it's Emily, I guess. Whatever. I don't (laughs) know. I don't know. I could take her leave her. Uh, She's like, we all want to see her get better. I guess. Maybe. I'm basically a published author. And Dr. Rollins is like, "Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And, yes, I have consulted other doctors. I've spoken to Jason. Spencer's (laughs) like, you have?
0: And Ron says, yes, he approves of her treatment. Who, what other doctor did he speak to? Like, Ren? Uh, That uh, female extra in the previous scene. <laughs> and Spence is dubious of uh, this whole uh, situation. And Allie says, what about Mary Drake? And Ron says, I won't let Mary Drake visit. I'm concerned about Allie's reaction to someone who looks so much like her mother. And he's like, but that's Allie's aunt. And Rollins is like, I'm going to do what's best. And his phone rings, and he makes a big show of, like, oh, this is important business for adults. I need to take this. He's like, excuse me. And he walks off to answer it. And once he's gone, Arya immediately goes over to his briefcase and, like, peeks inside. Yes! It's amazing! Well, It must be, like, full of dildos or something, because she, like, grimaces and pulls her hand away. And just, like, goes back to Spencer. (laughs) And Arya says, is that the kind of diplomacy you learned in Washington? Zing! Arya's like, you guys... When Ezra and
1: I broke in, we found out that Elliot has like 50 dildos. I mean, now it's like 49 dildos.
0: (laughs) And Spencer says, I'm sorry, Arya. I have a very low tolerance for condescension. Yes. And he says, eyes on the prize, Spencer. We want something from him. Spencer says, yeah, and I don't think we're going to get it. And Arya says, which means that Allison stays on one side of the wall and we're on the other side. And then, boom, synchronized text. And now Spencer's become that person who can check her alerts like a second faster than everyone else because she's got the Apple Watch on her wrist. Yes. Uh, so we see her looking at her wrist, and she reads the text. says, she's mine now. No take-backs. No doovers. A.D. And Emily's, like, looking at her phone. She's like, she's mine now? Does that mean that A.D. is already in Welby? And the liars all suspiciously look over at Dr. Rollins. who's like, on the phone down the hall. And he sees them, and they're just all, like, glaring at him. It's like, this nice framing of... Emily and Spencer on like either side, and then Arya with that yellow jacket burning like the sun in between them. Just a liar wall of bitchery.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Then we're going to cut to a, a very steamy femme fatale shot of Hannah's legs in like, five-inch stilettos. Mm-hmm. There's basically like porn music playing. Uh, yeah. She's got her feet up on uh, a desk. She's in like this smoking hot red dress, cleavage everywhere. It's Jordan's office. He walks in. She's just like playing her, with her hair, trying to melt him with her brain. Uh, it's very rare that you get such a, like an objectifying shot on PLL. Like it's the very male gaze type shot. You normally don't get that on the show.
1: Well, it's but it's what Hannah wants to project from the scene, which is weird. Yeah.
0: Um, she looks like hot sex.
1: She's But she's like the trade off is she's almost fembot in her demeanor. Um, he strolls over, I guess, trying to be cool or casual. He's like, well, what's the meaning of this? And she's like, it's a hostile takeover. And he's like, what? And she's like, of you. And he's like, what well, makes you think it's going to be a hostile? It has to be a hostile. Um, again, if it wasn't for the transcripts, I, mm-hmm. I would have no idea that he's saying this nonsense. Um, she stands up, walks over to him, like, like using her jutting breasts to like punctuate her words. And she's like, well, I haven't exactly been the model fiance lately. So I thought I'd put a little more effort into it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you yeah, know, it's not supposed to be a job. I think the idea is you're supposed to have fun um well he walks right past her to his
0: chair yeah like fuck you (laughs) like he's kind of a dick uh he's like i remember fun do you well he he sits down at first and i'm thinking
1: like he's gonna like position himself like he's gonna get like a goddamn lap dance or something but then like he like folds his arms over his chest like crosses his legs as he cross examines her with the i remember fun line and she's just like faintly and he's like you know, sometimes you turn into the most serious person I've ever known.
0: Well, like, that's a bad thing. Like, oh, what a horrible thing. Like, suddenly this guy, like, he comes across like a total asshole. Yeah. It's like he maybe he's, like, mad at how distant she's been or something, but, like, this, uh, is clearly trying to, like, you know, extend the olive branch, make it up to him, and his attitude is like, fuck you, basically.
1: Well... Well, she's like, okay, I, I do not come here. Sorry, go ahead. I, I don't like the the way he insults her, which is you like you're serious now
0: yeah What a, what a horrible thing you're killing the vibe like, you know yeah
1: you're you're killing like the frivolous sex vibe that mm-hmm. we've you know,
0: punctuated our uh, our engagement with so far yeah and so she says okay i didn't come here to be insulted and he says not all the time just lately since you've been spending time at rosewood and Han says yeah well it can have that effect on you and he leans closer and he's like then why do you keep going back there and hannah's just staring at him for a moment she's like still trying to like work the sexy flirtatious mood and she kind of slinks over she's like do you know what i want to do what do you want to do she says do you remember that bar off columbus where we first met and he says yes i do and hannah slides into his lap and kind of wraps an arm around his neck and she says well i want to go back there and buy you a drink and i want to go back there and flirt with you and start all over again is that something that might interest you he kind of just smirks at her, and like if you didn't hate this dude already, I feel like how do you not hate him now? Yeah, there's just no chemistry whatsoever. Well, it seems like he hates her all of a sudden. <sighs> like it, like in a second, he's gonna be like, "I'd move heaven and earth for you," you know? It's like, would you? Because it seems like, like her, you know, showing the slightest bit of like a lack of self confidence or ennui is suddenly just like boner killer.
1: But at the same time I, I feel like it could have been like one of those like good wife things where like these two actors could have filmed these scenes separately <laughs> and they were put together in post. Um so in Spencer's Great Room. Spencer comes marching in from outside, Emily's following her. There's a lot of
0: Other like in this episode, like of pe- lives.
1: But there's a lot in this episode of like like scenes where it's like somebody has their back to somebody else who's pursuing them and they're they're also trying to hide something. Well, but Emily Emily's
0: follow. Emily more than ever is like total Spencer Tolfo in this episode. Yeah, she's following.
1: The record keeps spinning the same tune. Emily's just like, Elliot's not going to help us. We have to do something. And Spencer's face is just like, oh my fucking God, this again? And she's like, okay, something does not include making a deal with the devil, Emily. And like, Spencer heads to the fridge for the water. Emily rolls That's her
0: eyes. Classic liar move. Got to go get some beverages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> drink, drink your sauce. Yeah. Spencer says, besides, you heard him. Mary cannot get in there any more than we can. And Emily says, okay, but what if we did it together? we use mary drake to get us in spencer's like no emily it's not happening and Emily's like hey look i'm not saying that we let her in the club i'm not even saying that we should trust her but we need a way to get to Allen. right now mary drake is the closest thing to a key that we've got and spencer says we don't know anything about her and Emily's like you know more about her than anybody else you were in there spencer and radley before the designer cocktails and the valley parking you were locked in there you know how that feels and you know what that can do to a person and Spencer's just like, thank you. <laughs> yeah. You can understand and appeal to her craziness because you were crazy just like her. <laughs> and
1: I mean, like Emily, she's like shot past being generally concerned about this woman that she has a complicated relationship with to it's like a person who's worried that they'll never get their fix again. Almost. <sighs> um, so meanwhile, on a, on a bench in the Main Street Rosewood area, it's daytime. Ezra's just like chilling on a bench is drinking some coffee next to him, and Ezra's just, like, trying to understand things. And he's like, Rollins talked to Jason?
0: <laughs> and she's like, that's what he said. And Ezra says, according to Toby, that's something that nobody else has managed to do. And Ari's like, wait, you talked to Toby? Why? Uh now she says, are the police looking for Jason? And Ezra says, Toby is. He needs someone to confirm Mary Drake's story. I like the idea that, like, Toby has, like, like, just a mountain of paperwork now because he was the one who went and, like, took the case from Mary Drake. Oh, that'd be wonderful. <laughs> He's just like, God damn it. I'm up to my eyeballs and paperwork. <laughs> that
1: that would be wonderful. I feel like uh, Ezra and like Toby talk a lot more than we realize. Just because uh, Ezra's just like, Toby, let me understand this. You were living rent-free in what is now my apartment. On the uh, guys that you were going to do some repairs? The toilet <laughs> doesn't work.
0: <laughs> let me tell you how it works. You get a bag. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, Ezra talks about uh, confirming Mary Drake's story. And Ari says, confirmation other than her face? <laughs> and Ezra says, people don't seem to remember Ali's mother having a sister. And Ari's like, huh. Who, who's that, Ezra? The people you interviewed for your books? <laughs> yeah. And then she says, when do you meet Liam? Uh, and he checks his watch, says, uh, 4 o'clock. And Ari says, can we make this work with him? And Ezra says, of course. We can make it work, I think. At least long enough to finish the book, and Arya's like God. I was in such a rush to get it over it that I broke up with him before he told me that he's back on the book. It really complicated the situation, and he's like, "Damn it, Arya, you
1: know that Caleb owns that word, no matter how bad he smells these days." Yeah, Ezra's like, "All due respect,
0: things have been complicated for quite some time. Hmm. The book, this book, means as much to Liam as it does to us, and that's why he wants to work on it." And Arya's like, "Yeah, it might mean as much to him, but it doesn't mean the same things." And Ezra kind of takes her hand, their fingers interlace, And he's like, I promise I won't make this work. They're kind of sharing a moment. And then we kind of cut to like a a shot of them from across the street, like a point of view shot. Someone's watching them. And then, uh uh-oh, it's Liam. Liam's in his car. He's like just pulled up to park or something. And he's fucking losing his mind. Like, are you fucking kidding me? These two, canoodling in the park, holding hands. All my worst suspicions are confirmed. Mm-hmm. Aria's laughing and smiling. Her legs are, like, you know, doing excited little kicks because they can't reach the ground. And Liam, he, he sees this, and he, like, he just has to get out of his car and turn around, you know. Mm-hmm. He's he's about to run to the phone and be like, Emma, you want to hear some shit? I just had to wonder, is this the
1: same park bench where, like, Ezria broke up right before she graduated high school? Yep. <laughs> Wonderful. Um... So we get a commercial and we come back. We uh the scene, the shot heard around the world. Um, oh boy. <laughs> we pan into Ezra's apartment. Ezra's- I almost
0: forgot about this scene. We been you know, so focused on the other ones. I
1: You know what the funny thing is is I feel like you had the premiere last week, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. And then they showed this they released this
0: scene and
1: it's like the world well, I guess our circles of the world yeah. were so much more
0: excited about this scene. Well, it almost became like its own thing, like separate from the episode. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how do you want to do this? You just... well, uh, let's just. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to just be Liam? Do You want to be Ezra? I don't wanna, even know. Do you?
1: I'm going to ask you very meta textually. Do mm-hmm. you want to be Ezra?
0: No. No, I don't. <laughs> So, so we're in Ezra's apartment, though. Yeah. Pan over to Ezra and Liam, sitting across from each other. They've got notebooks and pens in hand. They're going over the manuscripts. And here we go. Mm-hmm. Liam says, and there's a problem with this backstory. I just noticed it the last time through. Uh, what, what, what sort of problem? And Liam kind of looks up to savor this, looking directly at Ezra and says, the predatory nature of his actions. And we get this nice low angle shot of Ezra here, like trying to like, trying to look, you know, like he doesn't understand.
1: There's a, there's a very like underappreciated type of acting and that's Jowl acting. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like weaselly Jowl acting. Yeah, Ezra's like, you think he comes
0: across as predatory? I understand the impulse. The Lolita myth, not the Navikov original, but the whole older man, inappropriately young girl idea that's been trashed by lesser writers. Damn, he's not only is Liam hitting Ezra right in the face with the predator label, he's shitting on his writing too. It's yeah, it's like yeah. double whammy.
1: Was well, shoulders scrunched up, tight to his head, oozing defensiveness. He like fake chuckles, looks down again. He's like, "Well, uh, we can't all be Navikov." To put it us, mildly. <laughs> some of us can't even imagine, to, imagine it to be Nicholas Sparks or uh, Joanne Funke or Joe <laughs> jo Funke or Ivy Dunbar. Yeah, yeah.
0: Liam says, "Well, at least Sparks understands what Arida can tolerate and." What makes her skin crawl? Are are we looking at the same pages here? Because they aren't that far apart in age. So I'm having a little trouble seeing what you're seeing. That's because you're he's you're a hero. You're invested in justifying his actions. You're too close to see him as he really is. Oh, he's just killing it right now. This is so perfect and meta. Yeah, yeah. And he takes his glass off to get real. And he says, listen, I'm just being frank here. If If I can't be frank, I can't help you.
1: I just want Ezra to tell, him, or Liam to tell Ezra, you're not a bad guy. You're just too romantic, and you're not at all woke. Um, so you, you are a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ezra like gingerly sets his pen down and notepad, folds his arms. Like this is his burden to maintain a, a polite tone. He's just like, we all want the best book. Exactly. Right now,
0: there's this friction between your chapters and Arya's. Friction. Look, neither of us wants Arya to look foolish, right? Like, she let herself get talked into something she didn't want. You mean Arya's character. You mean Arya's character? Oh, uh, yeah. Very pained voice from Ezra there. This is just beautiful. I mean, to me, like... Well, it's, it's not just pain. It's also, like, through gritted teeth. hmm
1: Because he's finally, I think, sussed out where Liam's really coming from.
0: Well, and... I saw some people who were like, "Oh, I wish this wasn't coming from like the jilted X, cuz there's baggage and whatever." To me, it just doesn't even matter. Nobody has ever called out Ezra like this, and the the punches are completely landing. Yeah. Like Ezra, whether or not Ezra wants you to admit it, like there is no denying the 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 subtext here that Liam's throwing at him, and he has no defense for it at all. Right. Uh also the lighting of the scene is great. Like Ezra is almost always kind of like in shadow and a lot of the shots of Liam are kind of like light on his face I mean it's like could not be communicating more who's the asshole
1: but it's also with the way the sun comes in it's very naturalistic Mm -hmm. it's very much in the
0: real world (laughs) um yeah yeah so Liam says yeah her character I'm here to protect this book and that means protecting the authors both of them protect them from what a loss of perspective poor judgment avoidable bad choices
1: but when he when he does a lost perspective he like his hand is out like like gesturing to ezra lost the mm. perspective and it's like that's a big responsibility
0: and i take it very seriously yes i can see that <laughs> and then liam puts his glasses back on ezra picks the notepad back up i mean that was just fucking glorious Ezra's like, I'm going to go buy a bunch of fucking knives, I'm going to put them in a punching
1: bag, and I'm going to push you onto them.
0: I mean, Liam is, he's right on every level. Like, yeah. not only are you a predator, Ezra, not only is your book a cliche Lolita thing, like, even the what he's talking about, like, protecting Arya, like, th- there is the level here of, like, we're supposed to promote this book when one of the authors is the other's high school teacher and seduced her, you know, like... Like, on every level he's completely right. Like, I would I really love if this storyline ended where like Ezra had to get his name taken off the book for PR purposes. They're like, sorry, <laughs> we, we we can't put your name on this, or he's gonna have to like own it oh, and promote it by herself. That'd be so goddamn
1: perfect for I know. her to steal the story from him. And okay. not steal because it implies that she doesn't deserve it. But, but she like wrote plenty of it. Yeah, she wrote plenty of it. She literally brings a dead girl to life in it. Whereas he was trying to even steal the memory of her dead friend from her when the show first began. It's just, yeah,
0: it's... Oh, and this this scene, this is the scene we've wanted for so long. And yeah. I, to me, it's like, it doesn't need to be an after-school special. There doesn't need to be, like, a morality tale at the end of it. But, like, for someone to say it and acknowledge it, you know? This is basically, like, the time when finally PLL can tell you who
1: Jon Snow's mother is. <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? Like, who is parents R are. plus
0: L equals? You're a fucking predator, yeah, predator ass.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, and and it's like, yeah, we're gonna get you know Arya's reaction later, and I feel like Arya's reaction is like, well, here's how I justify myself, Ezra, which you know, dot dot dot. You know, from her perspective,
1: I feel like it's it's. It's how she has to view it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think she acknowledges there are some regrets and there are some lessons that she's learned. But it's like she has to see herself a certain way. So she has to pull from the narrative of her own past a certain view. Uh, but side note, couldn't you totally see Arya wearing Cersei's
0: evil Michael Jackson outfit <laughs> with the shoulder pads? Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, although that's kind of more like an Emily dress, I feel like. Oh, shit. Oh, the uh, the prom dress.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, But yeah, this, this fucking scene, I mean, just damn, they, they finally went there. Like after how long they finally were like, yeah, we're going to talk about this elephant in the middle of the room that surely somebody else on the show should have mentioned by now.
1: I I had kind of wondered if we'd ever get something like this. And I always assumed it would be like at that point in season seven where they're finally ready to announce that, yes, this will be the last season. (laughs) And it's like, we don't care. (laughs) Yeah. We're just going to fire off all these like uns- un- unspent shells. But no, episode two. <laughs> but I mean, my only concern of it being episode two is like, are they going to attempt some kind of Ezra redemption
0: arc? Didn't really... There is no redemption. Aria, Aria, all Aria has is like, well, this is how I justify it to myself, basically. Like, Ezra just got bodied. There's, there's no coming back from that. He just has to live with it now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, the closest we've ever actually gone to anything like this is when he like finally looked at her yearbook or uh, uh, not. Her yeah. yearbook. when he read her letter. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, God, fucking Ezra. Um, yeah. I don't know, guys. I don't think it's a full half an hour, but it, you know, it means a lot to us. It's a well, I, think
0: it, I think it means a lot to a lot of people just yeah. to have the show acknowledge that, you know. Well, I haven't seen it. Treat your fictional romance as you will, but. Somebody else in this fictional story is calling bullshit,
1: right? I haven't seen anyone's more personal take that that hit harder than I think Heather's on uh, on Twitter, but yeah, to to so many of us, it means a lot to finally see the scene.
0: <laughs> it's magical. Um, I would love to. And, think and, and suddenly Liam, start. Liam is just like just going up in everyone's uh, esteem, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, I saw something on Twitter where somebody was like, "Liam, I finally learned your name." <laughs> Good. So. Yeah. Um. So, cut to Spencer's, like, in her mom's campaign to office downtown. She's on the phone. The rest of the office is empty. Nice, dark, moody vibe here. All lights are turned off. Sunlight streaming in through the covered windows to dimly illuminate the place. Uh, like, uh, you get to see the the reverse of like the Veronica posters outside, beaming outward. So, I guess you're you're what you're saying, um, is that the firing text came earlier, and she's trying to re- re- rebuke it now here oh uh yeah i don't know could be okay so anyway so she's on the phone of her her employers in dc and she's like i i i just I, I understand that i have commitments but i have commitments here too and we see movement outside the window and she's like yes and you agreed i will get a hard date as soon as i can that's why i think she hasn't fired mm-hmm. yet. um behind her outside a shadow is moving towards the door of the office you know we through, see through the window and she's like thank you bye here's why i love this scene because that shadow is going to be revealed to be mary drake mm-hmm. um she's this shadowy image like on the other side of the of, of the image of Spencer's mother and then she morphs into a real person so that if they ever decide to do something where we discover that Mary is Spencer's real mother or her surrogate or whatever, this is clever as fuck.
0: Yeah, a lot of subtext
1: and- or if they're just cultivating this possible mystery, it's still clever as fuck
0: Oh, rookie move by Spencer, leaving the open door and then like putting her back to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mary like drifts in. She's like, it's okay. This is a business. You don't have to invite me in. Yeah, exactly. Vampires. <laughs> Vampires <laughs> love commerce. Mm-hmm. And Mary says, hello, Spencer.
1: It's just a like Drake."
0: Mary says, I saw you in here and I thought I'd ask about your friend, about Hannah. How is she? She kind of fully enters and shuts the door.
1: And, again, seeing her in daylight makes her look even more
0: like a vampire. So she's like, uh, she's... she's all right. Has she told you any more about what happened to her? No. No, not much. I have to tell you, I don't feel especially good about the other night. What about it? Letting Hannah talk me into taking you to her house instead of the police or the hospital. So why did you? She insisted. Yes, but you were the one driving the car. You could have taken her to the police... You could have taken her to the doctor. You could have taken her anywhere, but you didn't. Why? And Mary's voice gets a little husky, and she's like, Frankly, Spencer, my experiences with hospitals and the police haven't always been the best. I'm sorry, what do you mean? I love, like, polite but inquisitive Spencer. Yeah. Like, very proper, but not going to let you yada yada that shit.
1: Well, I I really feel like there's a a rapport between these two. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is fascinating. And it's not just like inquisitive Spencer. I feel like, I don't know. There's a rich like possibility of like what
0: this woman could actually eventually (laughs) be in Spencer. Yeah. And Mary says, I told you that my sister and I had issues. (sighs) That's true, but not really honest. One of the most distressing things about Allison being where she is right now is that I have had similar experiences. I spent time, considerable time in Radley. When it was a sanitarium. May I ask you why? Why you weren't Radley? I like how she breaks a little there. Like when, when she's asking about Radley, Spencer does. Well, but She's also asking about herself in a way. Oh like yeah, ra- by Radley. By somebody else, you know. Yeah. Radley's a sore sort a spot, yeah. And Mary ponders this for a little bit. And she says, I'm going to tell you this because I want you to understand why I'm so worried about Allison. She kind of takes a seat and so Spencer does too. And Mary says, we were 14, my sister and I. Jessica was babysitting. She called me to complain that the baby wouldn't stop crying. It was the Carver baby, Teddy. Teddy Carver. Uh, He was ten months old, and he had a cold, and he must have been miserable. She begged me to come and help her. I didn't want to go, but I did. And when I got there, the baby was upstairs, finally asleep. Jessica said she had given him a bath, and he'd fallen right off. Then she asked me to stay with Teddy so she could meet up with Matt Brooks. Jessica left. And when the Carvers came home, I told them that Jessica had called me because she had a headache. Mrs. Carver went upstairs. Mr. Carver was giving me, and she's like choking up, Jessica's money. Mrs. Carver started to scream. She screamed like she was on fire. Teddy was dead. Spencer is just so like engaged and horrified and empathetic right now. And Mary says, when they found Jessica, she said, well, the baby had been fine when she left. But you told them. They believe Jessica. Everybody always believed Jessica. She was the warm one.
1: Oh, the, the, the way she says that, <laughs> like that's, that's the, the, the most personal of swords, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Spencer says, and that was why your parents put you in Radley.
0: It was that or prison. She kind of forces a chuckle and wipes her eyes. She's like, <laughs> they thought I'd be safer. At least that's what they told me. Hmm. Spencer's just horrified and enraptured by all this. Oh man, what a scene. Andrea Parker killing it. I I also, I gotta say, I 100% think she's lying through teeth right now. Really? Yeah, this story is too sad, too seductive to a girl like Spencer. Spencer has always lived in the shadow of her more perfect sister. Mary is giving Spencer exactly what she wants to hear. Mm. She's trying to seduce Spencer to her side, and I think it's taking root right now.
1: Hmm. Okay. I feel like, uh, I hate to use this word here, but Mary's complicated. I, Mm -hmm. uh,
0: I found her really interesting, whether she's
1: being sort of honest or lying through her teeth. I think she's fascinating, but I'll get more into
0: her next scene. Regardless of whether or not the story or the details are true, I don't think Teddy Carver means shit to who A is right now. No. (laughs) No. Or Matt Brooks. Like, the way she was, the way she said those names, she was pausing... Like she's just remembering the way you'd remember like some name of a friend you have and you're like, you know, 12 or whatever.
1: Yeah. We've all known a Matt Brooks. Mm-hmm. We've all grown out of a Matt Brooks. Uh, so cut to Ari at Ezra's place. She's wearing that shower curtain again. And she's like, are you sure? And she comes to sit on the couch next to Ezra. He's like rubbing his face like he just went through a tumultuous ordeal. Like his ego just got punched. <laughs> and
0: she's like, Liam could be really passionate about writing. I wonder a, if Liam is that guy from liberal arts who like trashes Twilight. Like maybe that's exactly who Liam is. Uh like maybe that's like uh uh Arya, like their first
1: their first night together, Arya's like, I like talking during sex and he's just like Bella was a Mary Sue. <laughs> and she's just like, keep going. Um no Heiser's like, what I got wasn't criticism. It was anger.
0: Anger like, at what? At me, <laughs> well, he's holding up his hands like, "What are
1: you gonna do?"
2: Otherwise, it's I like,
1: mad at me. Second thing is, I'm sitting here doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you No know, can see. Uh, he's like, "And I promise to keep my side clean, but if every note session is going to be a ten round bout, I, I don't know what's going to be left of this book or of any of us." And Arya's
0: just like, "I don't understand." Like this perplexes her. Why might my ex be unhappy with the guy I clearly cheated on him with? I don't understand what's going on right now. Yeah, Arya. What does Liam really know about you and me? And, like, she kind of frowns. And the camera pushes in her face. And she's just, her face is saying, ah, shit. Well, and the best part is, other than, you know,
1: that brief moment in season four, the Ezra storyline has never really touched, like, the main mystery thriller <laughs> aspects of the show. But we get for a brief second the suspense cue. Yeah. Like, da-da-da-da, you know?
0: Um oh and here we go. Yeah, so we're gonna cut to a, a hectic New York City street. Sidewalks kinda covered with construction scaffolding and a fence on this, one side. This is smart
1: like production design to me because
0: it, it evokes everything that There's I like f- steam I Steam in the about. background.
1: Yeah, yeah it <laughs> screams New York City to me, but it's like it doesn't have to be the bullshit of like how are we gonna clearly not be on location, you know? <laughs>
0: There's like horns and lots of background chatter uh hannah and jordan are walking up to this like plywood facade that's covering what what used to be a building here she's still in that red dress and heels but she's got like a brown trench coat on just looking classy as fuck she
1: just i mean she just looks like a dame out of like a 40s mood She's mm-hmm. just got that glamour like oozing off of her
0: and uh do you want to do jordan oh this is the address afraid right it's gone no it can't be gone she just keeps walking be- bewildered looking for this bar I haven't been here in a long
1: time. I gotta apologize for people, because this may be the last time I ever get the <laughs> shit on Jordan. Like, I feel like if I had just re-watched the scene right before we record it, I'm, it might be better. But it's such a bad accent.
0: Uh, I haven't been here in a long time. No, it cannot be gone. I mean, they just can't take it away like that. You can't just pull out a building like it was a bad tooth or something. It's New York City, huh? They tear things down as cool as they pull them up. Well, this was important, okay? I knew this to be right here where I left it. I was counting on it. I mean, Jordan, this is where we met. And now we don't even have a begin anymore because they tore it down. And then she, like, leans through a cutout in this construction facade to, like, scream at some off-screen worker. She's like, That's, who do you think you people are? I, I I, love
1: that. I love yeah. that they did that. It's fantastic. Because you never doubt that those people are there, like, looking up at her. You can
0: feel it off-screen. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, 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 hey. What's wrong? Tell me and I'll fix it. And she's just crushed, says, I was going to make it perfect this time. You know, everybody gets what they want. God, I had it all figured out, and now it's ruined. It's gone. It'll never work now. Very subtle. We'll, we'll just go somewhere else. They'll just tear that down, too. Don't you get it? I'm a one-woman demolition derby, okay? I can't do this to you. What do you want? <laughs> like, meanwhile, some, like, bad rap metal. It was, like, getting louder and louder in, the, like, the ambient background there. Uh, just to make this extra awful for Jordan. I don't know, I would move heaven and earth for you. You know that, have you? Uh, the tears are coming from Hannah Banana now. She says, yes, I do. And I'm so sorry. And then just, boom, takes off the wedding ring and hands it to him. He's he's stunned. Uh, and then that goddamn new metal just keeps getting louder and louder. Hannah, come on, this can't be it. And Hannah's just rubbing her head, just feeling terrible. And we kind of pull back and listen to this awful music. It's Jordan. He's pleading with her to no avail. Um, and God, this music is so terrible.
1: She doesn't even look at him. This song, by the way, is called Find Yourself Somebody Else. Oh, man. Well, You actually looked it up, huh? Yeah. Um. So I can't say that I'll miss Jordan, the marbled mouth, broken boomerang of a man. But from the very beginning, like I said, their love, it's something we've heard of. But it's something that might as well exist in like Narnia or Fillory because I don't think we ever see a real example of it here. It's not like he ever gets her. It's not like he's ever, you know, like Caleb's like, at least he could be like, Hannah. I've seen your fire. I've seen you take back, like, the Seven Kingdoms with, like, blood and
0: fire. And I don't know. I feel like their, uh, their relationship would be, like, the the one that, was it Emily had in Revenge with, like, the like the stupid son of uh, the family she's getting revenge on. I can't remember her character's names on that show. But, like, it was obviously a completely fake relationship. And she but was at least... Just,
1: like- at least that guy could vent to her about the fucking burden of white privilege for but her it was son. just so
0: it was just so bland and fake and it was like the entire thing was hurt she was just like, I'm pretty and rich you're pretty and rich. We should be together you know there's like no connection at all well the the saddest thing is that this guy never even got to paint the mental picture of her or
1: define her in that most Zen two-word way. He couldn't even say to, to the world this is Hannah and guess what? It's complicated, yeah. you know? Well, that well, said,
0: think... Sorry, he looks was... like
1: he probably showers at least once in a 24-hour period.
0: Yeah, take that. Uh, I, I I think the subtext here is pretty obvious. So, like, she got kidnapped again. Hannah is just th- trying to throw everything into, you know, like, recreating her New York life, her New York romance. Hmm. Like, she wanted nothing to do with the Rosewood. She hasn't really processed what happened to her. So, like, when her plan hits a snag, the bar's gone. It's just like, boom your new york life never existed and like it's over and she has to like paint herself as destructive and break it off with jordan immediately because she's basically internalizing everything now
1: well and 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 it's it's a very understandable way that hannah processes things i mean after after the dollhouse you know she was all about rebuilding her landscape or taking control of that again Mm -hmm. and it's essentially the same thing in a different way um so so
0: long jordan yeah hope we never see you again uh, now we're gonna go to Emily Fields filling out like a really basic looking job application and marking her hours of availability. This is for the Radley. The, uh, didn't I predict this like before six B that she would end up bartending at the Radley? Yeah, probably. I feel like um, I did. I'm shocked that she's gonna work Sunday nights. <laughs> not not that, Tuesday night. She needs to watch PLL. That that bevy of uh, hot tips <laughs> on Sunday nights at the Radley. I still think she would kill as a bartender. She would make so much money. Is this the bar to work at, though? Probably not, no. This isn't This isn't really where she racks it up, but I'm, I'm sure she'd do fine. I mean, I'm, insert joke about her leaving her job after a half hour, but, you know. I was going to say, she's never actually worked a full hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: except, except, except that one night where I think she had to clean every, like, smudgy piece of scummy dirt in the brew, and then Paige walks in looking fantastic in her <laughs> dress, they like, go on a date, and Emily's just like, God damn it!
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, she's filling out the application here, and then we happen to see behind her, like, a dark figure lurking in the background, and Emily turns around just in time to see that, oh, it's Mary Drake, like, wandering around the lobby, just, like, looking around curiously, like, she's checking the place out, because this used to be her home. <laughs> yep. and Emily looks away, like, oh, fuck, she's here, you know? Uh, Then Mary continues to wander around, so eventually Emily, like, kind of gathers her courage and comes over to her, and she's like, Miss Drake, Emily Fields. Like, the Tulpa vibes are so strong here. Um, Imagine if the theory were true, and this is just Spencer introducing herself to Mary as Emily Fields. There would be... (laughs) And Mary's just like, okay. (laughs) There would be more great shots of characters
1: just, like, staring confusedly at the liars. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a I have a rough idea, by the way, world for a uh, uh, like a Cards Against Humanity type PLL game, where I mean, first of all, Cards Against Humanity PLL like add on would be fantastic, but I feel like it'd be like a facial reaction card game, where it's like I think Arya would win that. But like, so like, say I'm the I'm the the dealer or whatever the cards are, and like the card I'm playing is like Femicide Rising. And then everyone just slides over, like their their facial reaction shot from one of the liars or one of the cast, and I have to pick the winner.
0: Mm, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Uh, so what is Emily saying here? Emily says, "I was at Spencer's when he dropped off Hannah." And Mary's like, "Emily, yes." And she's acting like she's only vaguely familiar with this name here, mm. although obviously she knows who she is. And Emily's like, "Are you staying here now?" And Mary says, "No, I was just." thinking about this place today and wondering what it looks like now and emily is kind of sensing some pain emotion, so she immediately goes into like her carrying emily mode like oh do you want to sit down and mary's like yes i think i would <laughs> and then she just stands there until emily basically is just like uh right and, like leads her over to a chair
1: <laughs> yeah so mary says i saw they kept the big gates out in front and Emily's like yeah they did And Mary says, at night, boys from town used to rattle sticks on the bars. Somebody would dare them to go to the nut house after midnight.
0: So Mary either assumes Spencer has told all the liars that she was in Radley, or she knows she's talking to Spencer. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or she just, you know, uh, I hate to go all Jason, but like, Mm. man, this fucking town. Everybody knows everything. Things never change in this town. I'm going to run my hands through my hair more than Casey has ever done in her entire career. Um, yeah, so Emily's like, I thought it was pretty frightening during the day, and Mary's like, It was you know, <laughs> weird glance from, from Emily there. Uh Mary's like, But sometimes you find tenderness in the last place you'd expect. And
0: that's really um, I was gonna say Mary is like not shy about laying the creep on. It's like no. she's she's having fun, just like being like creepy and like disturbing to Emily. Yeah, she says, and that's really all
1: any of us need to survive is a little tenderness at the right moment. And so I, th- like, I think she's
0: playing Emily here. She's been I mean, way too emotional with essentially a stranger. It's like she knows how Emily's going to respond to a sob story.
1: Uh, you know, it, she's laying the same thing on on Emily, essentially, that she laid on Spencer, just in a different uh, wheelhouse. Uh, as somebody has pointed out, it's kind of creepy because she hasn't interacted with Aria yet. And we should all be terrified of mm-hmm. that interaction.
0: Well, no, what I'm saying is with Spencer, she went with like, let me tell you about my horrible sister. You you know, something you can relate to, like the not being the good sister. And then with Emily, she's like, let me just put myself out there emotionally and and beg for tenderness. And because I know that you're you are the person who will, you know, try to take care of somebody who seems like they're hurt.
1: I mean, you can just imagine if she runs into Arya, mm-hmm. is it just the two of them staring at each other for a moment? And then and then Mary just pulls a revolver out and shoots Arya <laughs>
0: or tries to shoot Arya, but Arya got there first.
1: Well, she shoots okay. Arya. That mirror cracks, and we realize that Arya was actually behind her the whole time.
0: (laughs) Two kinds of twins in this world, Mary. (laughs) Those with loaded guns and those who draw faster.
1: And then Cacophony, Montgomery shows Mm -hmm. up. (laughs) Um, So Emily, of course, is like, let me make this about Allison real quick. Uh, She's like, I went to visit Allie this morning. And Mary says, how is she? Emily says, they wouldn't let me in to see her. And Mary's like, who would let you in? Emily says, Elliot or Dr. Rollins. And Mary's like, he doesn't want me to see her either. But you've been talking to him about her, right? Over the phone uh, once. And I'm mean, just like, are you satisfied with how he's been taking care of her? Oh, yes, I suppose. Overall. I mean, he's very professional. You can tell there's like a Although, slight course correction. The way she
0: says it, she's like, oh, yes, I suppose. Overall. I mean, it's very professional.
1: <laughs> Wait, it's it's just like course correcting over course correcting. Yeah. I mean, he's nodding. She's like, yeah. And Mary's like, but it does take some getting used to him being her new husband and doctor. And then like she does the aria like over the shoulder check, leans in and she's like, I'm the one that took Allie to Welby and I can't help but wonder if I did the right thing. And Mary says, you wanted to help. And I says, yeah, but I don't know if I did. You're Allie's aunt. I mean, maybe if you talk to somebody at the sanitarium, Mary says, I don't know, Emily, that would be like challenging Dr. Rollins. And Emily says, yeah, I understand. And Mary says, perhaps
0: you and I can go to the sanitarium together. This is, of course, exactly what Emily wanted. Congratulations, Emily. You just got played. But, I mean, you know, uh,
1: if there's any any kernel of truth in in Mary's stories in this episode, and there may very well not be, but it's PLO, so I always assume now that even the villains have a story, and at some point, even a redemption. Um, if you take some of what what Mary says at face value, this has to be so surreal for her, because <laughs> we know that the patients around her were
0: essentially, like, fucking tortured. I'm not saying she's one hundred percent lying. I'm saying she is one hundred percent manipulating right now.
1: Yeah, and but yeah, using using her pain to to lay a different kind of blanket over each of the girls. But like, like
0: what what ex- what did Emily want the most at the start of the scene? She wanted to find Mary Drake and get Mary Drake to help her go see Emma to go see Allie. And then boom, oh look look what just happened. How convenient.
1: Yeah. Well it makes it even more perfect It's the exact thing Spencer didn't want. But mm-hmm. uh here she is, you know, in this, like, source of, like, pain and torment and neglect. They've turned it into a fucking hotel. And the kind of hotel that only exists on TV because hotels in the real world don't exactly look like this. With beautiful girls filling out job applications for bartending jobs that they'll probably never really stick around for.
0: <sighs> yeah, so then we're going to go back to Lucas's loft. Lucas is here He's pacing, he's talking to Hannah, and he says... Look, I feel bad about how we left things today. And comes to sit across from her. This is where I notice that Lucas has like a windbreaker blazer on, like some sort of weird situation there with like his like sleeves are pulled up on the side. It's like a six-year-old man dressed him, and he's trying to make it work. It, here's Lucas's best possible destiny that he could get reincarnated
1: as like 1980s Andrew McCarthy.
0: <laughs> well, Hannah is still killing it in the red dress right now. I kind of wonder what Lucas thought, like when she opened the door. Yeah, well he like, he's he's really doing a a you know masterful job, of not staring at her cleavage the whole time.
1: I don't know if you remember the episode of Community where like uh, Jeff was on pills that like turned off his uh his like c- control of his own ego and his like swag was fully turned on. I don't know. And then the the Dean sees him for the first time in uh, Aviators, and he like. Falls to the ground orgasming.
0: <laughs> That's Lucas in the hallway. Well, you just know there's like a porn movie playing in Lucas's head during this whole scene. More so than usual. Mm-hmm. He's, <laughs> he's, in his porn dollhouse of a brain. <laughs> he says, if we don't work on this project, it'll be another project together. It'll be another one. And Hannah's like, can I borrow your pen? He's like, my pen. And She picks up the stack of papers and says, just sign these papers, partner. You're right. I want this.
1: And he
0: pulls out a pen, like not believing his lucky day. And she says, and right now, I want this more than anything else. God, this really reads like a porno. Yeah. Lucas's um, st- script. <laughs> yeah, his I sticky know. page script for a porno. So she takes the pen and starts signing. He just happens to look down and notice like, oh, no ring on that finger. And his smile just kind of morphs into a surprised frown. What do you think that expression means there? I, mean, I think it means that's his O-face. Like, does he feel bad about this turn of events? Or is there something else going on? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I I could see, like, Lucas in his nerd revenge fantasy. Like, it's not just enough to, like, swoop in and, like, rescue Hannah from the rest of the world. It's, like, maybe he also has
0: to steal her from, like, some kind of alpha male Australian guy. I don't know. I kind of have this idea that Lucas... Likes it when Hannah's with somebody else, because then he can just kind of lust after the fantasy without, mm. like, ever needing... Like, it's there's never any potential there, so he doesn't have to, like, think about making a move. But if Hannah's single, then suddenly, like, well, what's your excuse now, you know? Well, also, he doesn't have to fail again. hmm Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so then we're going to cut to Arya having a chat with Liam at her parents' house. She's standing, he is relaxing behind her dad's desk, which is a fitting place to sit and not helping his paternalism at all here. Like, well, it's it's it, nice that these two scenes of him have both started with him sitting and her standing. Yeah, but behind dad's desk. Like everybody eventually becomes Arya's daddy. Yeah. And Arya says, He said that we could work together, that we could be all be adults. Adults. That's yeah. Arya's word. <laughs> and Leon says, I meant it when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, then what happened? And does these like jazz hands? It's like, she's really trying by force of will to prevent Liam from acknowledging the obvious here. It's like, she's daring him to go there. Yeah. And he says, I don't know, reading his pages again and then sitting there listening to him while he's talking, he takes his glasses off and he says, he has a way with words. I used to admire that. Or He's like, you don't need more. And he says, no, now I am suspicious he says "Oh, what and he stands and he comes around the desk and he says it was a lot of unconnected things they didn't want to connect and then they clicked together on their own your history what you've been writing how you've been writing it and she's still trying to give him a questioning look like where are you going with this you know and he says what changes in a room when you guys are alone together and then somebody else walks in Arya's like, okay, and what do all those connections mean? And he says, I think you were seduced by your English teacher when you were in high school. Oh, shit. Boom. Headshot. Oh, it's like Arya can't maintain the facade anymore. She kind of just has to look off. Like It's like she wants to say something, then she stops, and then she finally looks back at him. She's like, it, it's not how it happened. But, but more importantly, him throwing that out at her, he's like, he'd lost
1: her forever before, but. <laughs> It is it is cemented like 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 footprints and like like the Hollywood star or Hollywood uh, you know
0: Walk of Fame or whatever. Well, yeah, I don't, think, I don't think he's like trying to get her back or anything. No. It's, it's not no. a, it's not a great look to be hassling her about this. But I feel like there is maybe like a, a white knightish part of him right now that is just just concerned, basically. You know.
1: Well, I mean, all he can hope to give in his mind is perspective. Yeah. And, and that's not what you give Ari Montgomery. Um, and he's like... you know, he, He's flabbergasted. He walks past her upset. And he's like, I just gave you a great opening to lie one more time, and you didn't take it. And she's why, like... Why is he mad that she didn't lie? Do Did you just, like, not
0: want to believe it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. But she's like, look, there's no way that I can possibly explain this to you. And he's like, then try by telling... Uh, try by telling me how you'd explain it to yourself. And she she ponders for a moment, and then you know, this is the performance. This is the monologue. She, she you know, about herself, about Ezra, about Evelyn. She's like, okay. I used to think, what if there was this button that I could push? And if all the things that have complicated my life would just unhappen. I would push it. All the people that shouldn't have died would still be alive. I wouldn't have hurt anyone or disappointed them. No one would have hurt me or lied to me. This whole mess would just be cleaned up. But if I pushed that button, I would be gone too. Shrug. I am me because of what happened, what I've done, and because of who I love.
0: Also, who I murdered. (laughs) And Liam, he's wincing there because she said who I love, not who I loved. Uh, Yeah, and Arya says, I like that person, that me, mess and all. So, game over for Liam. And then she says, that is who the monster is. (laughs) Uh, So, what do you think about this scene?
1: I... I like it because the sad thing is, I feel like what we've gotten from from Liam laying out Ezra's crimes is what we're gonna get. So now all you can hope is that Arya can crawl from the wreckage and find some some future self, some some self that's you know excited about her future, makes peace of her past. It, it all comes together in the in the present.
0: Well, Arya basically just lumped Ezra in with A, basically, you know, all the horrible things that have happened to me, including Ezra. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this is this is basically this is how Arya justifies things to herself. Like, Ezra is not, like, exonerated or excused by this little speech she gives at all. She's basically saying, like, this is how this is how I I, I stay me. You know, this is the the perspective I have to take on life doesn't doesn't mean that Ezra suddenly, like, you know, gets past or anything like that. Ezra still so has to loot with himself.
1: <laughs>
0: as hard as that should yeah. be. But, I mean,
1: yeah, and I, and I think that this is, for the most brainwashed of Ezra shippers, I think this is an important scene because, like you said, Arya's clearly acknowledging she hasn't forgotten. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if she's forgiven, but she hasn't forgotten all of that. Like, I don't know who you are! And Arya, I've told a lot of lies, whatever. You know, but, like, she hasn't forgotten that shit. It, it still exists. It's still canon. There's, I mean, Ezra never had a good excuse for it. Um, it's still there. It's still text. Um, well, and he's
0: basically just saying, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm 22, 23 years old now. This is what I've chosen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm basically Jamie Lannister here. We don't get to choose who we love, basically.
1: By what right does the wolf judge the lion? Yeah.
0: But I, I, she's like,
1: this, "Aria, my name is Aria. That's right. Yeah. Um." Yeah, then she she takes off her face mask to reveal her own face underneath, mm-hmm. and she slits uh, Liam's throat. No, I mean I like I like this is a weird statement. I like when Arya speaks in monologues because oh, yeah. then Arya gets real. Like the bouquet of words that she chooses, and I love this scene because she she pauses, like she's chosen these words carefully, but also at the same time, I feel like she's been wrestling with some version of that paragraph for
0: years. Oh yeah, she's been writing this in her head for a long time, probably.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe she'll live long enough to to escape the shadow of what Ezra's meant to her. Maybe she'll die trying. Sorry, that's me doing Orson Welles. Um, yeah, I I really like this scene. I mean, because I ultimately, it's like I don't care about Ezra. You know, I don't, I don't care that Ezra finds redemption. I mean, also, if Ezra got locked up, that'd be great. But really. Well, this episode... It, this shit happened, and now I have to worry about Arya. You know yeah. what I mean?
0: This episode is, like... We're finally going to point out how much of a scumbag Ezra is, and we're going to show how Arya has, like, processed her teenage years and, and how she deals with it now. We're we're not looking at all about, like, how Ezra is, like, redeemed, or, you know, it's like there's no excuse for him in this episode. Right. He's exactly who he is. Like, there was no defending those punches Liam was landing. Yeah, and it's, it's not... It's almost not worth it for for someone to hold up a mirror for Ezra and for him to
1: learn. It's that hopefully in this process, like, you know, the young men and the young women in the audience will understand something, you know. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, Liam's short time on the show (laughs) had value. Certainly Uh, he's
0: seemingly still going to be around.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't. I don't think that you would want to get rid of uh, this rich dynamic between him He's and Ezra. Yeah.
0: run home to his phone and just be like, Emma, you want to hear some shit? <laughs> Sounds like a right bed end. You got to ditch that girl.
2: Hmm.
0: So we're going to cut to Allie lying in bed. She's like blotchy and sweaty, looks downright sickly. Uh, I mean, who knows what these drugs are doing to her? And she's kind of slowly opening her eyes. There's this kind of cool POV shot of Emily coming into focus, kind of looking sadly at Allie. This would uh, normally be like the creep shot, but it's yeah, not. it's uh, it's dark in here, seemingly at night. Um, we see. I mean, the- I would say like visually,
1: this is the shot that I would I would expect you to see when it's like this is somebody wearing an Emily mask. You know what I mean?
0: Or it'd be like Mary Drake, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's night there's a we see the nurse is in the background and then Mary Drake is uh in the background as well. Living shadow. Mm-hmm. And Allie says, Emily, you were supposed to wake me up. Emily says, It took me longer to get here than I thought it would. Allie tries to raise her hands, but she's still like restrained to the bed. Allie says, I can't move. I think something's wrong with me. And Emily comes over to sit next to her. Emily says, You're in the hospital. Allie says, we're going to miss our flight. And Emily says, we'll take the next one. Emerson uh, Shippers wanted me to know that this is a reference to the trip to Paris that mm-hmm. they were theoretically planned and will one day take together again. Mm-hmm. Hashtag endgame. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm sure there's a future episode of PLL called We'll Always Have Paris.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That'll be uh, the episode where, unfortunately, like, Ali dies or something. What if
0: the last episode of the show is just Endgame? Oh, shit, that would game. be brilliant.
1: <laughs> Oh my God, that'd be so good. That would be so mm. good. Well, because it would be like, Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. It worked on so many levels. Um, yeah. So she's like, Al, you called me last night. And I was like, did I? And Emily's like, yeah. And you sounded scared. Like you wanted help. And <laughs> I was like, this is a scary place. There's this lady that cries all night. And I kept thinking of that with, uh, Aria referencing the train that would stop and whatever yeah. sketchy
0: part of Boston. the. The woman crying in the dark, and then she realized it was herself. Well, I think that's why Emily looks away sadly here, because that lady crying all night is Allie. Um, yeah, I really wanted Allie suddenly to just be like, "I'm just being weird." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Allie says, "Am I in Rally?" Emily's like, "No, no, you're just in a different mental hospital." Uh, and Allie sighs and says, "Well, that's good. I was worried for a minute." And then Mary slowly drifts forward here. How did Emily like not prep Allie for this? Like you know, this is gonna freak Allie's shit out, you know, when she sees Mary Drake like loom over her.
1: Because because there is a selfishness to Emily's
0: concern. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not that it's not
1: that there's no selfless aspect of her because she is very much a caregiver. She does put other people first, but at times, especially with Allison, there is a selfishness because she was so purposely deprived. Of real affection from this girl, and now she like, craves it. Like I said, at times it's almost like like Allison's a drug that she mm-hmm. needs to have to complete some part of herself. But um, oh, I, I totally lost what my thought was going to be. Sorry, but anyway, so I, I love that that you know all roads lead back to Radley. I love that, especially this episode. We talked about Radley and like the metaphorical rally that you can end up in at times and how you view yourself, you put yourself there. And Alison brings that up. Cause really like they're standing in the shadow of these two mental hospitals. And I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's a, I would not be shocked. There's like a redemptive road for Mary Drake at some point. You know what I mean?
0: I think that's what they want you to think. Hmm. Um, so anyway, Allie's like, mommy, why did you leave me? I woke up and there's dirt all over me and you wouldn't help. And this is killing Emily. Allie starts to cry. She's like, why did you leave me in the ground? It's so cold. Mary's May- like, that's rough. That's a bummer, man. And Mary's like, Allison. And I says, you were wrong about Elliot. He's not like what you said at all. And Mary <laughs> doesn't say anything. This is a good little reminder that Allie's only here because Mary helped gaslight her. Yep. You know, like, hey, remember how Mary Drake's motives are not pure at all? Right. Uh, and Emily says, what about Elliot? And before Allie can answer, just boom, bright lights turn on, and they look to the door, and Rollins is here, and he is pissed.
2: There are four lights!
0: I didn't authorize this. And the nurse says, uh, uh this lady is a relative, and he says, no visitors without my permission. Uh, he's not British yet. Yeah, I know. Uh, he gets right up in Emily's face, and he's like, out! Everyone! Right now! And before Emily can go, Allie's, like, calling her, like, Emily, no, don't go! Emily, No! Uh, she doesn't want to, but the nurse basically pulls Emily out of there. And Rollins just, like, glaring hatred at Allie as he walks the door. And he, like, looks back, like, turning out the lights. And Allie's screaming, like, no, no. Um, I yeah. like we got we got to give Sasha a little credit here. This is, like, a really thankless role to just be, like, the weird, crazy person. But she's doing a pretty good job.
1: Well, and any
0: actor, male, female.
1: Well, so she's, she's not even getting, sh- getting
0: to, like, vamp with it. She just has to, like, be strapped to a bed and just be, like, awkward, you
1: know? Well, yeah, and and, and that's that's hard to take on, especially when they're just going to make you look like shit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but uh, we've only talked a little bit about, uh, is it Hugh Collins? Like, mm-hmm. you never really notice until the season six finale, like, you, I mean, we knew, I think he was he's Welsh beforehand, but, like, the way his American accent is so much slower, more deliberate. Every word feels armored because he's trying to uphold the, the forced American accent. And especially here when he gets angry out everyone right now. I guess I can't remotely do it because if <laughs> I could if I could, I could try to do Andrea Parker a little more.
0: Well at least thank God we don't have to deal with this guy pretending to be a nice guy anymore, you know? Yeah. That was just painful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after commercial Rollins kind of joins Emily in the hallway of the uh well facility here. He's very pissy. Emily's pretty mad herself. She's like, What happened to her? She wasn't like that when she came here. And Rollins just ignores her completely and looks over at Mary and he's like, Miss Drake, I'd like a word with you. And okay. he kinda of nods Mary over to his side room and then Rollins which, turns which she did to Spencer earlier. Yeah. Rollins turns to the nurse and he says, No one's to come in. And he walks right past Emily, like a total dick. And now Emily's, like, suspicious as hell. Like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, so we go inside this meeting room. Rollins closes the blinds, and, and he switches to his British accent. You're not supposed to be here. I've been calling you for two days. And so they're kind of, like, whisper-shouting at each other right now. And outside, Emily kind of walks closer, trying to listen in. All we hear is, like, this indistinct shouting. We can see their silhouettes through the frosted glass. Rollins seems very aggressive and threatening. Like, just so- body, you know, motion.
1: I mean, just because of the frosted glass and the silhouette, did you, did you not think of that scene in the hair salon yet again? Um, and the question of who was meeting with Mona that day. But, uh, who the
0: fuck was meeting with Mona?
1: But it's, it's, it's an, again, the return of an interesting visual motif for Mary. She is this strangely amorphous shadow person. But yeah, inside the room, your being here is not to part of the plan. And she's like, well, that is what you're doing to that girl. You've gone too far. You got what you wanted. The money is yours. She's like, not yet it isn't and he's like, Then stop wasting my time. And she's
0: like, listen to me. When well, she tries to reach for him and he kind of flinches back and he kinda of shoves a very commanding finger in her face. He's like, Don't
1: hmm. Why is his first action so sinister?
0: Yeah Well what, well, what why is his secret? What do you think that was about at the end there? Did he did he think she was threatening him or was that like rejecting like a, a motherly, like affectionate play by Mary? Oh, you know, I I don't know. And I think it's interesting because I feel like we all
1: read so much into like their one scene together (laughs) at the end of the finale last year. It's like we really don't know shit about this, this partnership. Um, But I guess I'm kind of curious with the the Rick Rollins character, like not just the character on the show, but like the character he puts out to the world of this guy working at Welby, Charlotte's doctor. And now he's married to Allison. Like why couldn't he be
0: british you know what i mean like well what the fuck long con is he running like what right and also what is his end game right i mean like, how quickly re- can you steal your wife's money and like not have it look suspicious i would think he would have to go also like i don't know seduce jason but i mean yeah. like why
1: is the british accent a secret like from the get-go like I mean, when Charlotte called Ren all those years ago, did Ren immediately turn and tell his, his brother Rick, this like totally hot, totally crazy <laughs> blonde chick over in the States? And Rick decided he's going to use like this ambiguous loss as like his seduction
0: trap? Well, you know, the next episode's called The Talented Mr. Rollins, uh, obviously a reference to the talented Mr. Ripley, uh, which is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, about basically a. Uh, what do they call those guys? Con men, I guess. Um.
1: Tom Ripley is a straight-up sociopath
0: but he's he's essentially just a con
1: man in that story especially that Matt Damon movie which is also purple moon purple noon
0: yeah maybe there's like a, a better word that I'm just not thinking of right now but the type of person who's trying to assume a completely different identity like to kind of like take over someone else's life you know
1: the identity theft mm-hmm. but
0: um, it's also interesting because Tom Ripley was created by Patricia
1: Highsmith who Wrote Strangers on a Train, which which oh. Ken De Laurentiis was was reading and which, of course, Aria whispered those sweet nothings into Demona's yeah, ear yeah. when
0: they were watching. Um So cut to the Hastings well, Barn. Before we get there, I want to talk a little more about Mary and Rollins here, because I feel like this scene overall, I think they want it to seem like Rollins is the one running the show and that Mary is displeased, like like it's gone too far. But I can't help but thinking that this is all for show right now. Like, like Mary specifically was hoping for this to happen or set it up to make this look, you know, like this for Emily to witness this and think that Mary is the one that should be trusted, not Rollins. Which would be smart because there's no way that he's handling this that not screaming suspicious. Yeah. I mean, Maybe she's coordinating this, this with him, but maybe not. But I think Mary got exactly what she wanted here. Well, I like I took a screen cap of the
1: one of the times that Mary or when uh, Emily looks in. And, like, the shot of, like, or the, like, you see Mary's, like, body just, like, leaning back mm-hmm. as he's, like, leaning over
0: her. Yeah, super wow. threatening, yeah. Yeah, it's super creepy and weird. Well, it also makes me wonder one of two things. Either, like, they've got some bugs planted or, like, they're taking orders from, you know, Uber A. Because uh, Emily wanted to go to Mary Drake earlier to get into Radley. And then, like, poof, here's Mary. Like, oh, let's go to Radley. Um or you know maybe uh because Emily told Spencer this Spencer's secret to evil I guess she could have told Mary about it um uh, but like what is Mary Drake up to right now is is she maybe angling to get rid of Rick like the con is done and now there's a loose end well wouldn't wouldn't that be the case though i mean two can keep a secret if one of them is dead right for reals but like i mean what purpose does he really serve her now Well, they, didn't... they both immediately become adversaries as soon as like the con reaches this stage right the only person who can screw this up is us mm-hmm. um but if
1: her game is essentially motive and revenge or murder or money and revenge and his is just revenge and again i know this is going to shock people but on plo the timeline doesn't quite make sense because he's essentially in love of charlotte and in love of allison or <laughs> pretend to be in love with allison at the exact same time to get revenge for charlotte's eventual murder well, and to get the money, I guess. But it's like, you presume that he really does want to make Allison pay for what he presumes is Charlotte's murder because... I mean,
0: maybe he thought he was planning this with Charlotte, too. And then she died suddenly, yeah. like it's a,
1: The double-cross is actually like a triple-cross?
0: I mean, I feel like Mary is definitely setting him up for a double-cross right now. Yeah, Like, she basically just established herself as, like, the one who can be trusted, basically. Yeah. She seemingly helps Emily get what she wanted and then, oh, look at that, Rollins is being mean to her too. Now suddenly suspicious suspicions all fall on Rollins instead.
1: Well, and part of me hoped that this whole Allison and Welby storyline would basically be, you know, the fire that she emerges from like like Khaleesi. But it's like she was she was Allison fucking dealer. She flew around, planes with a mask of her own face on. She willed herself back from the dead, you know, and and then she became uh, a boring housewife and school teacher and then she became something that she like fell even lower like completely under the control of other people.
0: I already did my speech as a therapy on last week, but yeah, that's what we're hoping for. Yeah. Um, So now it's time to go to Spencer. Spencer is getting serious with some of the Hastings family private label scotch right now. She's pouring herself a tumbler of the good stuff. It's in the barn. Caleb walks in behind her. He finally changed clothes. He must have taken a shower, hopefully. Uh, And she kind of glances back and kind of tosses off a very wary, like, hello. Hey. And rather than, like, turn to embrace her, she just kind of walks away to the couch. And he's kind of, like, walking over to the couch. She's kind of, like, intrigued. He's like, Dad's private i was like, Dad's private stock.
1: I think... He doesn't quite notice it, but it's, it's purpose. Like, she's not going to... Because he would have come up and, like, massaged her yeah.
0: shoulders and done that whole shit again. Yeah. Yeah, and then Spencer's like, mmm. And she's, like, swallowing her scotch. She's like, yes, it is. He's like, what's the occasion? And he's got himself a glass, and he's going to, like, uncork the bottle now to pour himself some. This is where I really wanted Spencer to be like, did I say you could drink my father's scotch? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but instead, she does this great move where she throws out both hands... And falls backwards onto the couch as she says, I got fired. Kayla's like, What? And she's like, By text. Uh there's just like equal parts like hurt and irony. You know, like she can't believe it. It's painful and yet like it's hilarious at the same time. I got fired by a fucking text.
1: So so now that you've you've got a taste of Unreal, I really hope that one of the producers took Troyan aside and they were like, Troyan? I don't wanna I don't wanna drink anything, but Lucy's doing some crazy hand acting in this episode. And Shrine's just like, Oh yeah? I'll go bigger. I'll okay. go bigger.
0: <laughs> that show is fucked up. I don't know what's wrong with you people. Show is magic. Um it's, a yeah. horror. it's like it's like emotional nightmare show.
1: Yeah. And you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um
0: so he's
1: like finished making his drink, comes over, he's like, you know, trying to regain essence of best boyfriend.
0: Well her her vibe right now, it reminds me of when uh, she lost the academic to cap on the way she's just like, I lost, you know, it's like she has this very kind of resigned noble grace when when she accepts defeat. Uh, there's always just a sprinkling of like rich
1: fatalism to everything of Spencer, though. Well, it's like failure is a relief to her. A little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, it's like also, <laughs> I failed. Isn't that precious? Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: Caleb is uh, trying to earn back some essence of best boyfriend cred right now. He's got his drink. He's gonna come over, and she's like, she's reading him the text like with great relish, like she's quoting it from memory. She says, "You have abused the generosity of this organization and chosen to pursue partisan interests over the greater good." And she hands the phone to Caleb so he can read it. Uh, and Caleb's like, "Well, they're wrong." Could this all be an elaborate excuse for Spencer to stay in town because she's a,
1: eh? I don't know. But, you know, at the same time that she said it on screen, I said, no, they're not. (laughs) But she says, I have been
0: rather distracted lately. With the uh, air quotes, yeah. Yeah. And So he sits and he's trying to be tender. He, like, basically rubs his hand down her inner thigh because she's kind of got, like, her knees tucked up. He's like, I'm so sorry. And very quietly, she's like, thanks. And she's glancing at his hand, uh, but he doesn't react. I'm sorry. She glances at his hand. She doesn't react because uh, she's not in the mood because his hand's like halfway up her thigh.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and Caleb's like, what are you going to do? And Spencer says, I don't know. Um, Stay with my mom's transition team. Maybe go to Harrisburg if I can.
1: Yeah. And he's like, well, what would be stopping you? You know, I think he's like hoping like dot, dot, dot. He comes up in this.
0: Well, is he like suddenly trying to put a label on it? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah after how shitty you've been the last 48
1: hours yeah he's 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 read up the dial mm. on the spencer um and she's like this town has its own particular gravity we both know that and you know she drinks watches him drink and as he's you know bringing it to his lips she's like how's hannah he tries to play it cool but like, there's a little bit of the dribble and he has to like wipe his mouth catch the corner of his mouth How did you put it here scotch game is sloppy mm-hmm. and he's like uh, I, I haven't talked to her emily said that she got a text she was going to new york I guess she wanted to see Jordan, and uh, Spencer is studying him like she studies fruit bowls, like they're enemies. She isn't really like looking at him,
0: like lean forward on the couch. You know, she's slouched back. Well, she's- the the angles and the reaction shots are great here because the way he's leaned forward, she's just leaning back, watching him this whole time. There's the absolute most bitter look on her face, just bitter resignation, and it's like he doesn't really he's he does he's not picking up on it at all. you know? Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah, I love the the direction of this whole scene is great. Like all the all the reaction shots we get are exactly what we want and there's like a nice amount of like silence in the pacing where it's like well, she just watches him for a while before responding. Well,
1: and cuz cuz she's fantastic at this. Like this is Hermetia, she goes from from this kind of ironic joyful fatalism mm-hmm. to the most vulnerable you've ever seen a person. and She's just like I am afraid to ask you this, but I really have to. Did we make a mistake? You and I. And he studies her, tries to be chill about it. And he's like, no, no, we didn't. Whatever we did, it wasn't a mistake. It, it was real. And she, finally she turns to face him. Just like, like yeah, again, I think we talked about early in the podcast. Really, in a lot of rights, what you don't want is the full attention <laughs> of a Hastings. And she's like, so why are you talking
0: about it in the past tense? Oh, and he's just got nothing. And like, you see her eyes, they're, they're darting all over his face. Like she's looking for something. For anything, she looks like just milliseconds away from crying, and then her phone b- vibrates and beeps because uh, it's another group text. And Spencer checks her phone; it's a group text from Emily. It says, "Allie's much worse." Like I was just like right at Spencer's breaking point when that text came in. Yeah. And then we cut to Emily texting the hospital and furiously texting. Yeah, texting. There's something going on between Mary Drake and Rollins, and as she's typing this, we hear like a thud and we look up to see like rollin silhouette through the glass he has mary like bent practically till she's falling over like all up in her personal like, space yeah like backwards mm-hmm. i think we should say backwards because sure, it yeah. sounds
1: really filthy but yeah, yeah it's like, like she
0: like has a handout to like hold on to something so she doesn't fall over he's like leaning over her that much you know uh so and he's like shouting you know something indistinct at her so Cut to Arya typing away like a happy deranged robot on her surface tablet there. Why does Arya always look completely insane when she's at a computer?
1: Yeah, seriously. I
0: don't know what it is. She just like gets this weird Zen look on her face, like nah, dah, 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 Well, know? I
1: feel like if you put a writing instrument in axis of her hands,
0: one mm-hmm. of her inner selves, like that's the only life they ever get. Well, she always has the most, like, pleased, psychotic look on her face whenever she's typing. Well, my point is, I think that's when Arya lets one of her prisoners run
1: free. Mm. And she just, she she turns into, like, like Ramsey fucking Snow here. And is just, like, letting her hounds play, you know, on the keyboard. Um, it's a very, it, I, I like the shot only because you see fucking Ezra in the background there, writing. Um, <laughs> like, he's still part of this world her
0: world now yeah what are, what are they going to do with the book are they going to be like maybe we need to change the backstory here so that the main character wasn't seduced by her high school teacher and well like, i just don't know if that's true to the material
1: well see this is the question though who is the character who is the female character in the book
0: it's aria basically Right. it's
1: Arya, but how much is yeah.
0: left of nicole is <laughs> like absolutely none yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> There's Arya, like, let's lose her, like, weird Australian accent. <laughs> Ezra! Um, Ezra! Yeah. Oof. Oof. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, Arya's somewhat pleased, or not pleased. The smile disappears as she checks the text. Got to their phone vibrating. We see the group text, like, appear on the lock screen. This is, I like this shot because it seems almost unreal with the, the text on the phone. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the. The text in the air from the emoji a or emoji or whatever um, it's close. To we're gonna get to it so far. No, and we, see we must this never
0: is, speak of emoji again.
1: Uh, this is this is Hannah's phone. The, te- the latest text is: Is Rollins in charge? Question mark. Um, we pan over. See Hannah's in sweats on the couch. Lucas Lucas's. she's got a big drawing pad out. She's sketching some new outfit ideas. Hannah's a fashion designer.
0: Well, it's, uh, it's nice to actually see her doing creative work and not just kind of like this kind of BS assistant type stuff. It's like, no, hey, here's Hannah, like, displaying her talents instead of just being a gopher, you know?
1: Which is, you know, when she went and got accosted by those fucking uh, mannequins in season yeah. three, it was because she wanted, like, a fashion internship,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Um, well, and we, it, we pull back from Hannah to this, like, red lamp in the foreground. Do we? Does this mean anything or is it just a red lamp? I don't know. It just kind of stuck I, out a little bit because of the color. I would be very curious for somebody to
1: put a microphone in Joseph Doherty's face and ask him if he's just decided since season six, especially, that red is Hannah's color. <laughs> um,
0: I think Arya has something to say about that.
1: Granted, she was redcoat for a scene, so mm-hmm. there's always that too. But it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know, red lamp too, especially makes it, it can't not make me think of like a David Lynch scene too. Yeah, like, so- like she's gonna get a phone call and then get like a blue key or something,
0: Um and then we get like essentially
1: an a-tag maybe an
0: a-tag we're we're back at Welby we get this like low angle shot of a gurney being pushed down a hall like kind of behind the front wheel and we're like moving with it it turns around a corner like head into where Allie is Um, inside Allie's asleep and then suddenly we see the like the mirror from a music box like Allie's Mm -hmm. and like Allie's restless face is reflected as like music plays and a gloved hand t- takes a cap off a syringe and injects something clear into Allie's IV. Mm-hmm. Allie just looks trash as hell right now. Uh, she's like sweaty. and like, just what the fuck are these chemicals doing to her body? You know? Yeah. Uh, like whatever, whatever she's being injected to make her be like both hallucinatory and like, you know, sedated constantly, that can't be good for you. Yeah. Uh, so then there's like a white flash and we cut to Allie being like rolled in that gurney. Down the hall, uh, she's waking up and looking around, kind of confused. And there's like this weird, kind of crazy, like circus fairy World ferris World music playing. It's called the Merry Widow Waltz. Mm. And Allie kind of, she looks forward and gasps because she sees up ahead, like the doors part, uh, like hospital doors, but behind it is like nothing but blinding bright light. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's kind of panicking and starts to pass out again as the light overtakes her. And we like, don't fade... go
1: into the light, Allison.
0: Yeah, fade to white. I mean, I. I Yes, this is, like, Uber A taking her somewhere? I mean, I don't she, know. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, is she about to get electroshock? Well, it, it would seem like if this was Rollins, it would just show us if it was Rollins. It's not like we haven't seen Rollins, like, do fucked up things to her, you know? Right. Um, I don't know. So, she's being taken somewhere. Maybe it is Rollins, and they're just being coy about it. Like, I, they definitely want us to think Rollins is Uber A right now. I kind of feel like maybe there's something going on where A is controlling or like feeding information to Rollins and Mary or just manipulating them or manipulating them. Yeah. Cause they seem to get information that a would have occasionally like, like Allie being guilty, that kind of thing. You know,
1: I just don't think you can ascertain who potentially killed Charlotte by voting on it. So I would agree with that. Yes. Uh, I, and, 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 you know, <laughs> Rollins and Mary are two, too obvious for either one of them or them together to, like, equal up to Uber A. Well, they so. seem to be
0: reacting to information that they would have gotten from A, mm-hmm. but they don't seem to be acting like A, I guess. Yeah. Like, they seem to be somewhat out of the loop. It's like they have little morsels of information, but not, they don't have, like, A's omniscience. Yeah. They have no adrenalized hyper-reality, that's for fucking sure. Sure, sure, sure. So that was Bedlam. Ah. Uh-huh. Good episode, good title. Yeah, British Nut House. Uh, next week's episode, as I pull it up, is the talented Mister Rollins, yeah. which is written by Janelle Lennon and directed by Setna Fuentes. Hmm. Couple a couple of regulars on the show,
1: yellow veterans. Mm-hmm. I again, I you know, I was thinking. You remember for like five seconds there, Aronofsky was going to direct an episode of Lost. I really mm-hmm. hoped that they could rope in David Lynch for an episode of PLL before it goes away. I don't know. That might be like two on the nose, you know? Maybe. Maybe. Well, it would be kind of like when, uh, what was that show of Jessica Alba? James, the James Cameron show, uh, Dark oh, Angel? Dark Angel. <laughs> when they brought him in to direct the last episode, because I guess he technically created the show, and it was like the length and the budget and everything just ballooned because the, the delicate genius just had to keep going. I guess I see where it's like, it's like the three and a half hour
0: episode of PLL. <laughs> <laughs> that scares the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so bedlam good times. I mean, this is, you know, a necessarily more subdued, like aftershock type of episode. You had the, the big crazy Marlene series premiere. And now we got to kind of, you know, play the aftershocks.
1: Well, in this, I, I'm, I'm just enjoying all the steps, all the motions of a final season of PLO. Cause I think it's, you know, it's like watching from a writer standpoint, it's like, you know, watching your, uh, the players on your team. And this is, this is the batting order. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like, you start to notice like the slots that Joseph Doherty takes, I think. Um, like, you know, he's doing a seven 11. And I think that's, that's going to be interesting. And then he'll do one of the ones like right before the end, you know? Um, and, and of course, Janelle Lennon, who's like the wrath of Khan. The I wrath mean, of Khan.
0: Yeah. I just, I want to hand her some kind of trophy. <laughs> well, I wonder like, what happens with Spencer as this goes forward? It it's hard to imagine her just like going back to Toby. Like I kind of hope they at least let her be single at the end of the show. You know? Yeah. Seriously. Like not everybody needs to be paired up. Right. And uh, maybe Ezra can die. Uh, but like, not a noble death. Ezra's <laughs> so like, "This is my noble
1: redemption." Spencer's like, "No, it isn't." I want something where like Ezra loses his hair. You know, like the like the chemo takes his hair or something.
0: <laughs> Ball cancer. <laughs> yeah. Ass cancer, yeah. What if like Toby lost an eye like he was like Xander in season seven?
1: Oh, that'd be interesting. If <laughs> if Mary Drake is like, Toby, you're
0: the one who sees thing. He's like, No, I'm Ah. <laughs> Oh no, I have no death perception now. <laughs> I'm going to get kicked off the force. Caleb loses a hand, is like a
1: hook. How the fuck am I supposed to hack shit off a hook?
0: <laughs> oh, that'd be just punishment for Caleb. <laughs> God, Essence of fucking worst boyfriend yeah, in these last two episodes.
1: The dog of two bones there. Mm-hmm. God damn. Mm, but Caleb. you know what though? You know what though? no man like is that all that great on pll really you know what i mean like it's just a matter
0: of time yeah
1: yeah on a long enough timeline
0: they're the fucking bastards of rosewood all right well let's wrap this up uh if you want to get in contact with us you can go to our website page which is broswatchpl2.com our twitter is at broswatchpl2 uh we got a couple of reviews in iTunes. Thanks to Melissa Larkin and Penguin Pandas and Parrots Oh My in the U.S. Uh, always appreciate getting those reviews. Uh, if you'd like to read, leave us a review on iTunes, we'll certainly uh, read your name on the next podcast.
1: Also, I just want to say hi to Taryn, Laura, Johnny, Sophia, Jackie, Jeremy, Brenda, Lauren, Talisha, both Raquel's. Maybe a few Rachels, as well as Kathleen, Amy, Kristen, Melissa, Sarah, and all things PLO, who's been apparently binging our podcast, which must be an extreme venture.
0: That sounds intense. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll be next. We will be back next time to talk about the talented Mister Rollins, which I'm really hoping is, uh, you know, the swan song for Mister Rollins. Uh, ta- you, do you see the preview? I have not actually. Really. Yeah, I have. I just idea. want to give, give you an image as a spoiler. Okay. Uh, Allie in like a you know, hospital gown. Mask on? Uh, both hands possibly restrained, like choking the shit out of Rollins from behind, like oh. on his back.
1: Oh, I think it moved.
0: Yeah. I love that. <laughs> mm hmm. So, what I, I happen- think, I mean, a lot of people are like, well, he's dead the next episode. Like, I don't know. Would Would it be poor Hannah? Eh, I don't know. I guess we'll have to see.
1: i just going to bury Rollins and bury Rick out in the, out mm-hmm. the woods.
0: <laughs> like, Rick takes his mask off and it's Jordan or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just don't see Hannah feeling very bad if she accidentally killed Rollins right now. Yeah. Well, she'd be like, who? I've only ever actually interacted with him a few times. She's like, somebody light my cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back next time. Until then. Bye-bye.